Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. February 11th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode three of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Hello. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. It's me. And we're all in the same room. We are. A, a miracle of sorts. Yeah, you know. A minor miracle. In these a days and times. Less, less COVID. Slightly <laughs> less COVID this time. So I, amazingly, Andrew never got it, yeah. which is which is impressive. Dodge the old bullet. As I was saying earlier, I sit between two parents of young children at work, and Matt works from home. So my <laughs> immune system is a little more robust. Yeah, mine isn't. So, you know, we're, we're good, though. We're good. We're good. I never leave the house either, as, mm. as regular will know how, how all y'all i shouldn't complain doing okay we're this is the banter part of the oh, podcast then we should add more <laughs> say words i saw avatar 2 today at the week six of its release i believe week seven i have came out no idea about movie releases anymore yeah. i have no what does box office mojo say about it uh, you know what? Ever since they got bought by Amazon, I don't go there anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't no, know they they, got they by stopped Amazon. being cool, and now it's just literally part of of, of IMDb. Gotcha. And you have to pay to do don't all the cool really, shit. You really, really, really want to watch that Lord of the Rings series? I, I legit, I love. Look, I'm not gonna. Shit I legit talk didn't Amazon. know that. I, no, yeah, I used it, to love box. This office happened mojo. about about a year or two. It was. Before the pandemic, I think that happened. Really? Yeah, it kind of sucked. It was fun to just follow the record. Follow I am actually really liking that Lord of the Rings series. Oh, anyway, me too. Yeah, but no, the uh, yeah, it was it was nice. I wanted to wait until the crowds died down because I was just tired of. I just wanted to be able to know that there was nobody sitting next to me, so I could stretch out a oh, little bit. Good. And uh, that also was slightly the less case COVID today. Yeah, less <laughs> less COVIDy. But uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, yeah, as I, uh, we were talking about it earlier, but yeah, it was. I was not. Uh, overwhelmed by any means, I had I had trouble engaging with it in general. It just mm. felt like it was unnecessary. Were you Were you merely whelmed? I was merely, I was whelmed, <laughs> was whelmed, but not whelmage. overly, as they say. Full Now it was you know visually it was it was cool at times, but um, you know there was some. What isn't? That's the thing. Right? Well, this is it. You know, like, I was watching actually just on this on this streetcar coming over. Somebody posted a clip from Corridor Crew talking to one of the visual effects people that worked on it, mm-hmm. and he was explaining how there's a sequence where the kids pulling uh, one of the uh, Navi out of the water, and um, they had to digitally replace everything except his his torso <laughs> for the shot. It's ludicrous. Like they they had a seven foot tall guy in a blue suit. And he's pulling him up, but it, but he was too skinny for it to work properly. So they digitally removed everything except for literally his torso. They, <laughs> they had to use a full 3D build of this kid and and then add the water around his ankles. And, and it's it's insane. It, mm. But it looks you, – you would not know it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And But this is the level of effects work that they're doing at this stage. And that's like it's, standard. Real. That's the crazy yeah. part. It's, this is just nobody even thinks about this now. It's just yeah. like it's just the way things are done. Yeah. And the, the schedules of these things have to get done on is you know, bonkers. And imagine how much easier the shot would have been if it had been another Navi pulling him out of the water. It just would have been more <laughs> cartoon footage. You and should. this is the problem when directors can do anything they want. They they just they don't try yeah. to be creative because they can just do anything. Yeah. So They should use you for the box copy. 
It was cool at times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the meth heard around yeah, the world. Exactly. <sighs> All right, let's get to some degree of business. I'm looking at the show notes. Yeah, so we have now surpassed 200 downloads. Very humble. That's amazing. I was hoping that we would hit 220 by the time we went to record, but we're at 219. Currently. Oh, so, so you've hit, so you've managed to give yourself <laughs> a goal <laughs> that you didn't quite achieve. No, no, no. I was That's just good. hoping because 220 is a nice round number it's to announce, fine. but 219 is 219 is pretty good. So I mean, considering that our previous goal was 100, yeah, right, and that was two weeks ago. Yeah, um, not bad. The, the numbers are going up, yeah. and that's. I mean, the numbers aren't going to go down because they're the that number be, of downloads. That would be you weird. can't undownload mm. the podcast. Mm. Would you they're download work, it? They're working on that tech. I think Elon. Musk is working on that right now. I mean, definitely. If you don't pay him eight bucks a month, you'll undownload your yeah, internet your for you. Go down. Uh, so, part and parcel of that, uh, you two gentlemen have packages in front of you currently that are the coffee mugs. It has an orange handle. Did it, have Did it ship I'm, naked to the world like that? The handle? Th- that's. Well, no. It's oh, it was in a bigger in box. A big box. Okay. See this big box right here? Yes. That's what that's what all of the mugs came in. It would have been kind of cool were, if it had shipped with just a naked handle. <laughs> it's like, the world. no, that's, that's bad. Um, so about the coffee mugs, we had a contest announced last podcast two weeks ago. Um, I that, feel bad for stuffing the ballot now that I got one. <laughs> <laughs> um, that there were going to be five um, uh, coffee mugs up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had... Six entries. <laughs> Your <laughs> Which, odds of winning now, are now, strong. I think I, the problem is I, I went about this poorly. Yeah. Okay? I talked about this in the, on the last stream. Um, but like I, I didn't really think it through. And I was just like, send me your shipping address. And I suspect since one of the things that we're doing now is trying to get a lot of new people. And we do have a lot of new people. Um, you may be hesitant to just send your shipping address to a stranger. That's and fair. that's completely understandable. But... Six people did enter, six of our regulars. Um, I do have a couple of spares, so we are pleased to announce that everybody who entered gets a mug. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> How many contests get to say that? I mean, Literally everybody wins. Everybody Actually, wins. more than one person wins. If you entered the contest <laughs> as of as of this current time, let me just double check the, oh, my my phone is the only one with the podcast email. I'm assuming yeah. that we only got, yeah, so it's, it's good. So, yes, if you entered, you win a mug. Thank you. I'll get those out as soon as I can. No no time frame on that yet because um, a couple of them are going to the UK. Nice. And we need to do the obligatory call out. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if they've earned it yet. Oh. We'll see. Okay. Mm. We'll see. Ooh, mystery. We're making people wait. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I mean, if, if y'all ain't got nothing else, we can just move on because we're, we're motoring. We're, we might as well motor. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with the Puppet Pit. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the things that have been happening on the puppet side of Operation Puppet in the past, I guess, two weeks. Two weeks, right? Are there like dowels pointing up at the bottom of the Puppet Pit? 
like a, like a <laughs> sharpened spike, like a spike. Oh, they sharp, well, they sharpened or rounded though. arm. Well, if they're arm rods, you yeah, know, they're all they be thin, thin be copper pointy. wire. Well, they're not pointy, but there's like, yeah, you want three uh, three thirty seconds uh, copper clad steel welding rod. Mm. You know, you but, don't want that. But no. there's also a lot of fleece. There is a lot of fleece, but those are under the arm rods. Yeah, that's true. So if you, you can miss the rods and the dowels, the fleece is there to absorb the blood. Yeah. I don't oh, know. That makes more sense. <laughs> the foam. That's what the foam is for. We got to yeah. replace that stuff every two weeks. It's it's a it's a pain. Um. So I mean, really, what's been happening puppet wise? I've been building puppets. I mean, it may shock you to learn mm-hmm. that there's been a lot of building, but there's been um three since the last podcast. Which seems like not enough. I it's mean, still a lot of building. <laughs> I mean, I'm I hold myself to some pretty ridiculous pace. Are these are these customs or for the shop? So these are all for the shop. Um, one is already sold. So one was so there was the the orange ogre. Yes. If you've been on my socials, you probably have seen the pictures of all these. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an orange ogre, and that one. So I had somebody contact me when they saw the green ogre go up. And um, they were like, oh, I really like this, but I think maybe a different color. And I'm like, well, I was planning on doing another one next week anyway. Why don't – like I'm not doing commissions quite yet, but why don't I just make one? I'll send you the pictures. If you like it, I'll hold it for you and you can you can buy it. Mm. And uh, so I made an orange one. They loved it. And they were like, yep, that's, let's have it. So and that they got to watch you make it. And they got to watch me make it. That's that's the fun part of doing the live streams is like I can I can then go to people who buy the puppets and go, oh, do you want to see how the sausage is made? Here you go. You that's can amazing. go and go watch this. That's so cool that you can do that. It is. Uh, and it's one of the one of the nice things about doing the live streams. Um, so the orange ogre got done and then the red goblin. The red goblin's one of my favorites. Oh, I'm I'm going to tell you, red goblin has not been listed yet. And mm-hmm. I'm, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, this is going to be a hard <laughs> one to part with. That's the danger. And... The the interesting thing about the red goblin was that well the red part really because like I, I talked about this a little bit on the stream but last year around well I was planning my Halloween builds mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to come up with every year I try and do something a little bit different for for Halloween Halloween's my holiday thing I don't do, really do Christmas stuff I do Halloween stuff. And this year I was trying to like, well, okay, I've done like a ghost and I've done, you know, a vampire or a small. I do like themed smalls or my things. And I was going to do a devil small. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I got from Weird Kid Store, I got some red fleece, which like that's not a common color <laughs> that you would see in like, you know, think about, you know, your average Muppet isn't dark red, mm-hmm. right? The fleece part. I mean, Almost pretty red. Well, that's fur, though. He's bright. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's fur. That is true. That in the fleece. Like, think, of, think about a fraggle, yeah. right? How many dark red fraggles are Ooh, there, yeah. right? Uh, so it's just it's just not a common color. And it was like, it would be hard to figure out what would go with that, mm. right? But I'm like, well, I got, I didn't end up making the, the, the red devil. I made the Franken small, I think, instead, which actually turned out really good. But so I had this, like, bolt of red fleece that I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this? I, it's, this is the good stuff too. This is the expensive stuff. So I got to use it for something. So I was like, well, you know what? I was going to make a goblin anyway. I see what a red goblin would look like. I, Cause a goblin could be any color, right? So the, you make a goblin. So I did this goblin and boy, it, and I put it with black fur. That's the other thing, right? He's got sass. It's, it's, it's very gothy. It's a very emo goblin. <laughs> what, what is the puppet creator equivalent of a foster fail? I don't even know what that means. Like what does that when, mean? when you foster a cat or a dog, and you, ad- oh. and you adopt it. it, 
That's a that's a foster fail. Oh, so, I so see. So the puppet yeah, equivalent to that. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. sell this puppet. I love this puppet more than I love this life itself. This is pretty much it. I'm I'm seriously debating. So I had currently have on on the direct shop. I think it's the direct shop. Um, I have a newt for sale. Now, those of you who know who know uh, what we're doing with the Oracle know that I've been slowly reintroducing all the characters that were introduced in season one, but my own designs and my own builds, because all the, the puppets in season one weren't mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the characters, of course, is uh, Nigel, who was the Oracle's assistant, who was a newt. Originally a yellow, very Kermit-like uh, puppet. And then I've done my own designs for these, and so I, I've got, so I've, I currently have this yellow newt. And I'm like... I could just keep this. This could just be the new Nigel. Mm-hmm. I could just do Nigel again, and it's already built. And but it's got a you know like it's income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's the tension, right? It's always between like, oh, I love this. I want to keep it, but also I need to pay bills. That's and the things. balancing. So, I, I honestly, I think you should let somebody else take that off your hands. It is. I'm just looking at it now. It's very <laughs> cool. I, th- I think this could be a. It's been there for a while. The newts one. don't sell very well. No, I mean the the goblin. Oh, the red goblin. Yeah, sorry. I, I, oh, yeah, the, the, yeah. Not to, not to miss that window, but I think, yeah, I think that's, that's going to get out there. It, no, I as soon as I list it, I would. Uh, but this is one of the funny things. It's like I can I can make a puppet that I think is the one of the best things I've ever made mm-hmm. and it will sit on the shop for months. Mm. Right. It's just, it's always about the right person coming along. Yeah. Sometimes they're not, they haven't come along yet. Um, but they always do. And that's why I don't worry about stuff. Like stuff will sit on the shop. And that's why I like having a direct shop instead of the Etsy shop is because it doesn't cost me anything to keep them listed. The Operation Puppet Boxing Day Sale. 50% <laughs> off all puppets. Anything that's been there over six months, just take it, please. <laughs> Literally get it out of my house. No, it's fine. It's fine. But that's the other thing. It's like the reason I don't have a huge collection of my own puppets uh, is just because I don't have the space for it. All of, all of the space has to be for a shop stock. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things. But there's a nice part to it in that, you know, I know that, and I blogged about this last week, I think it was. I don't even remember. What is time? Time is a blur. Um, you know, when because of the nature of what I make, it's all personal. Like I don't, I don't put a puppet up for sale unless I really like it, you right. know? And if, if I wouldn't buy it, it doesn't go up on any, any shop. So everything I make, it has to be like personal. And mm-hmm. so when somebody comes along that it connects with, they really connect with it. Right. It's, it really feels like, Oh, and there's that, there's that, everything has to be, have that moment of like, Oh, when, as soon as you see it, you got to have that immediate reaction. Um, and so with the people who buy it, just love it. Right. And it's funny when I, I see a, a gag on online where they're doing something about like multiverses and then they come to the yeah. puppet, the puppet universe <laughs> invariably and the puppets they make look like shit. Yeah. And it's funny how now I'm, I'm a total snob about it because of your work. <laughs> like Kevin's puppets are so much better than that shitty puppet, there's, but it was also a throwaway gag on a YouTube yes, video. So yes. Well then there's a whole genre of like <sighs> adult puppetry is the wrong way of saying it but there's like an edgelord kind of thing where it's like the puppets the puppetness itself is a punchline yeah right and so the puppets are supposed to look crappy and the puppeteering is supposed to be bad mm-hmm. right because we're like oh we can't take this seriously because it's puppets and mm-hmm. that's stupid and weird like crank yankers was kind yeah. of yeah why well, I, I shouldn't talk shit about crank yankers because bj guyer worked on crank yankers <laughs> but like no crank yankers was like it 
that's a different kind of adult puppetry. Yeah. Like that's that's a, in the kind of happy time murders. Um, Brian Henson's doing a thing called Puppet Up right now, which mm-hmm. is just it's improv, but with professional puppeteers, but doing adult improv. Sure, mm-hmm. right. I'm not into that stuff myself, but I can appreciate that that's a different thing. What I'm talking about is I can't even name something off the top of my head, but it is like uh it's kind of glove and boots, but not really. It's it is about like intentionally making the puppets look and act poorly. Yeah. Right. And because then they're being edge lords. Have you seen Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? It rings a bell. There was there was a couple of YouTube videos that they, oh, they did. Oh, somebody pointed it out. And it actually got picked yes, up yes, as a yes, series. Yes, yes, It got picked up as a series on, on in the UK. They did six episodes yeah, of it. Yeah, And it goes, it goes dark. It's pretty edgelordy. It's, it's, I want to, I, I can't say that it's edgelordy. It's, it gets very dark and it's, yeah. it's very compelling. Um, but yeah, and there's some gore occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's definitely meant to be, uh, well, it is definitely meant to be edgy, I guess, in that way, but it's still, the puppets are pretty well done for what they are. Yeah. And that's a whole other And they do a lot thing. of mixed media in it too. Yeah. But it's worth checking out. And that's, you know, I, I keep, you know, I kind of struggle with this a little bit because like, I, I'm trying not to be a purist mm-hmm. about things, but there's something about taking a, a, a format and a genre that is intrinsically thought of as full of innocence. Yeah. Right. And, and injecting this kind of nihilism. Uh, yeah. There's like, uh, and it's not even that, like, I, I don't want to limit puppetry to being like, Oh, this is for kids. Cause it, it's not necessarily no. for kids. Um, and, and as a, as an expressive theatrical medium, it is, it, and can and should be for a broad range of things. But, the problem I have with adult puppetry is that every joke becomes the same joke, mm-hmm. right? It's about, it is about that loss of innocence and it is about that, oh, look, Kermit's doing cocaine. Ha ha. Isn't that cool? And you would never expect that. Ooh, I'm an edgelord guy. Somebody mm. saw Meet the Feebles. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's the part that I, that I bulk at. That's the part that's like, there's an ugly core to that. Mm-hmm. That I don't think is is really saying anything. It's not helpful. It's not even funny. It's just the person who created it going, ooh, look, I'm edgy. Mm. We know? should do a deep dive on this, but get Peter Jackson in to talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. misappropriating <laughs> New Zealand public uh, yeah. television mu- uh, money. We well, promise to only talk about the puppets, sir. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't really plan on getting into that, but it is, hey. it is a subject. Thank you, because no. that is a, it is a I, there's a bunch of subjects I do want to sort of deep dive on, on Puppet Pit. Mm-hmm. That was on the list so so good thank you for bringing that up we're gonna talk about the henson stitch at some point but Mm -hmm. that's for a future uh puppet pit so that's pretty much it that's what that's what i've been doing and the third one was a with a greebly you had two (laughs) greeblies you were there are two yeah so i'm gonna so i had to shift the schedule around a little those of you who are on the discord and or read the blog know that i had some tech issues we'll be talking about that soon Yep, and I had to devote an entire day to to like surgery on two PCs, so <laughs> I needed a day to do that in. So I pushed the second Greebly to Monday. Gotcha. I've got the internals all built, so there's going to be a new group Greebly on Monday. Yep, and then the rest of the week, uh, the plan is that it's going to be a furry monster. Now I can't decide. Here's the thing: I got some new fur. Here's the exciting news flash: new fur that I haven't had before. 
Um, and it's this is this yak style fur that's uh, if you don't like Frankie's fur, it's got that it's kind of weirdly curly yep, and yep. kind of grungy and yep. it's it's yak fur. It was well, the simulation of yak fur, basically. I got two two double size bolts actually of that. One is in like this really dark red wine color. It's almost mm. hard to describe. Mm. And and the other is like a blue equivalent of that where it's almost gray, but there's this blue tint in it. And it's very, it's really, I'm going to have to color correct the photos of these a lot because like a camera will just oversaturate the colors mm. and make it look. I'm a sucker for a blue. I'll, I'll show you this fur when we're done here because it's, it's amazing looking and I'm going to have to really work on the photos of it to get the pictures to look like what it does in real life. What kind of puppet would you be doing in it? Well, so the two options for furry monsters at this point, at least, are either a live hands mm-hmm. or a rod arm. And I'm not sure which I want to do first and in what color. Mm. So, you know, it's like... Mm, I want to do I want to do a live hands monster with no blink mech, mm-hmm. and I want to do a, a rod arm monster with a blink mech. To keep it kind of blink even. mechs are a pain in the butt, and I love using them. I hate making them, but they're really in demand, so I I should you know make yeah. them occasionally. So I'm not sure which I'm going to do this week. It might be a bit of a tight week time wise. Problem is, time is not going to get any better later so mm. it's like i might as well so i think this week might be the rod arm with the blink mech um in what color i'm not sure yeah. maybe we'll throw open a pole or something there we go we'll see so that's what's coming up this week um so you'll be the the plan is the schedule is monday i do the greebly because that's one day at all it should take to, to finish that one and then on tuesday i start making the internals for the whatever the furry monster is going to be and then on wednesday which is live stream day so this is your your podcast reminder that wednesdays 11 a.m eastern time on twitch and youtube uh we do uh build streams and it's just me hanging out building the puppets doing the things i would do anyway and hanging out with people and they're always fun and they're always pretty well attended and Mm -hmm. there's there's a group of regulars that that comes and jamie is occasionally there too i try to be there most times it's it's uh, it's fun it's fun it's always a good time yeah so that's gonna happen on wednesday slept or not slept which is these days uh, an option less sleep makes things more interesting particularly when you're working with razor blades yes well, <laughs> it's a lot of fun a little more blood and a lot of a lot of noxious chemicals i've cut the dickens out of my hand <laughs> oh dear why are we doing this accent now i i don't know it was a julia child's reference the old dan Aykroyd julia child's bit that's a good point. I've forgotten all about that. That's okay, funny. anyway, so that's going to be it for the puppet pit. I think there's nothing uh, else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check the time. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Gizmo Town. <laughs> The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. That little wind effect mm. <laughs> right, right at the end there. That's the one that sells it. It the seems thing. like it's the geo blocking more than than anything these days and on YouTube, on the YouTube yeah. channel. 
You, you get uh, oh, told right. you can't watch this because you dare live in Canada. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That happens on um, anything from Paramount. Yeah. Or uh, Saturday Night Live clips. Yeah. Really. NBC yeah. for some reason dicks about it. Um, the one thing Bill Gibson always says is that he just never thought of phones. He's like, yeah. no, like cell phones. Everyone who, who currently. That's the joke. That's Nobody why did. it's a YouTube video instead of television. Every, every, <laughs> every time he talks about Neuromancer, he's like all these people that we were born in the 90s come up to me and say, why does no one have a cell phone? He's like, I, they, it wasn't even they on the not radar. have a cell phone? I, Wintermute I've communicates this, through a pay phone. Yes, a, I've a said this rank before. of pay yeah. phones. There's nobody, nobody got cell phones. I mean, yeah. no speculative science fiction got cell phones. Star Trek kind of? Not really. Even even like the StarTac kind of flip open communicator is yeah. is, is a, uh, was, was rip off. But even that was just a direct comms to the That to was the a ship. walkie so talk. Basically, yeah. 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 The idea of people walking around, I mean, anyway, that's a whole With thing. With a computer. You're talking about gizmos. Let me yeah. tell you about cell phones, mm. kids. Before we get into my stuff, does anybody have anything for Gizmo Town? Oh, I, I got feelings, but they dovetail into yours. Well, I mean, we can start, and then we can. Dove, it doesn't matter Dive what in. direction the dovetail tails. That's that's or, true. Or doves. Uh, so computers suck. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> honest to God, what a huge mistake. Uh huh. Um, you know, you're on a podcast being recorded on a computer right now. Listen, on a couple computers. Dear Apple MacBook, Uh-oh. I'm sorry you suck. Your computer, it's you can't do anything about it. You suck. Um, I don't I, listen. Don't listen. I love you. I dared try to play video games on my computer oh. last week, and I ended up sw- like cracking the thing full open and switching <sighs> video cards three times. Jesus, and I cannot reliably. Play video games with an AMD video card. Really? No. Um, what's your What's your CPU? It's a Intel i seven um, something something eight core mm. with hyper threading. Like it's, it's. I mean, obviously, it shouldn't old. make a difference. No. But yeah. Still, it's, if it's only two years old, that should be fine. It's yeah, fuck. apparently an interaction with AMD drivers and. USB sound and all I use is USB oh, sound. Okay. If I start something with my um, Go XLR unplugged, there is a seventy-five percent chance it starts, and there is a forty percent chance it keeps running after I plug back in the uh, Go XLR. <laughs> um, if I leave it plugged in, there's something like a four percent chance that anything actually runs. Uh, I was trying to run Switch emulation on my machine and. While Diablo 3 runs fine, um, Switch Sports will just flat out crash every single time if I've got that plugged in. Just as a side note, I, I, I've been, I meant to throw this into the, into the notes. Have you heard of PCMEM? PC, PC, it's a PC emulator. No. It's a recent, I think it's a recent device, a recent program. So it, it's not just like DOSBox. It will literally duplicate an old system. So like this is, um, they've got dozens and dozens of, of different BIOSes mm-hmm. and, and run uh, yeah, Windows yeah. up to XP um, or something. It's oh. FPGA implementation of a PC almost. Yeah. No, yeah. I, Brad Shoemaker uses, uh, um, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember what it's called. And yeah. it, he says it all the time. But, and it, but this Mister. is, this is, yeah, like, oh, like, yeah. 
Mistra is an FPGA yeah. uh, where you apply but that's a hardware the box. chips yeah. on it. This is well, you can software. load different cores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so but this like... is this is just a, a PC emulator right. that's literally a, a PC emulator. So if you wanted to recreate your old yeah. your old desktop from from 1990, mm-hmm. they, you can pretty much do it. That's but, what Mistress is like. But you know what? That computer sucked. Well, because it was a computer. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing. Is this is this? He's re- trying to get his back on track. This is reminding me. Working. This is reminding me of back in the old days when you would have to run EMM three eighty six oh, yeah. and and run different con- are, config sys and auto exec. How, how, how are your RQs? Yeah, good? your RQ settings. And- I have gone through and I have run. Five different Reddit threads worth of maybe this fixes your AMD oh, software. Jesus. The AMD Adrenaline software apparently is a house of cards. Yes. Um, some people say, like, uninstall it all and just let the Windows drivers take over and do it. But if if you like no actual configuration of yeah. any of the mm. the hardware there. And there aren't third-party tools. I just hit this extremely thick wall of fuck this. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? Why even bother yeah. like i can go over to the xbox and play triple a brand new games in 4k with hdr whereas i can't even run 10 year old mm-hmm. video games that i want to play on my pc if it requires 3d at all what were you trying to play uh i, I well i fired up destiny a couple times and it would get to usually space as soon as i tried to go to a planet it would just say your drivers have crashed wow um <laughs> If I fired up uh, um, Switch Sports in Yuzu, it would just, it would load, 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 crash. It would get to the point where it was supposed to be initializing some sort of 3D routine and crash. You would hope it would at least give you an error that says, lol, no. It's it's just it, nothing. And that sucks. It's and only you, been getting worse. Three video cards. I've used this two. I've only got two video cards. One's a uh, R9 390, which was my original video card, and I can't use the drivers that work with the Vega 64 that Kevin gave me because the Vega 64 is still supported, and mm. the R9 is not. And I have to use uh, AMD's static uh, FU. I should have brought my upgrade drivers. I should have brought my old 970. I could have lent you. Um, I almost. I mean, I have another AMD card. If you want to, try. Uh, <laughs> at least it's an <laughs> Nvidia. I, I, I need to break out of the AMD no, thing just fair. to see well, if it... Fair. I mean, I've, I'm ashamed of the fact that I have a 6900 XT that I have not put through its bases. So, you know, like everything else in my life, I keep but buying the hardware. And the not entire time it. I was doing this, I'm like, I should just buy a Steam Deck. I mean, like, sure. I, it, the, the games I want to play on my PC are not the AAA cutting-edge games. And that's I it. play that on my gigantic OLED on an Xbox. Mm-hmm. The advantage is supposed to be that the PC versions are cheaper. Yeah, because they usually are. They're and they, on launch. They're usually ten bucks well, cheaper, and then they drop much faster on PC. They're cheaper sometimes, but they're more like you get more configuration options, and you get in well, theory yeah. if you got the hardware to push it. You've more said frames several and, times, Andrew, that the Steam Deck is a target. Yes. the PC is a nightmare. Oh my it's god, such a, still a, a gigantic. Show. Uh, a range of CPUs, yeah. sound cards, video cards. Yeah, they, um, they still try to convince people, just throw away your old hardware. Please just go buy new hardware if mm-hmm. you want to play anything. But like you said, if you try to play something that's more than a few years old, that's a whole other conversation. But I, I, like the games I want to play, I would be perfectly happy, like throwing Civilization Five on the Steam Deck and sitting on the couch and, and going through like mm-hmm. a no-brain like domination victory on and that there thing. are a lot of 
tweaks that need to be done on a lot of uh, DOS based software, or, uh, Windows software on the on the deck. But there's a very good chance somebody else has gone through yeah. that, and they're they also updating version of Proton. Proton. Yeah, like old Daily. versions do it, and new versions could do it better, and. You know, and this is it. They I'm more changing. willing to do that because, as a a Linux target, you're, you're expecting a bit of configuration. Whereas this, like my Windows PC, should work. Yes, it just does not. And, yeah, at this point, it should just. And that's work. the kicker. The, uh, the, the maybe you've got a bad stick of RAM. No, doo, doo, doo. it's you know. It's, I mean, this is it's a it's a constant battle. It's it's the drivers and these AMD cards. Yeah. Like the um, the for some reason, the ironic thing is that the all the chipset in the Steam Deck is AMD, but they're running it under Linux with Valve doing the sauce on it, and it works. Or so. it could be well, and also, with, but they're all the same. Yeah, right. That's it. That there's no variations. Or it could be fighting with one of your motherboard drivers. I mean, there's it. It's so many billions of possibilities. I would much rather just like get a USB C dock for the Steam Deck, hook it up to one of my monitors, and sit at my computer and just play it on that if I wanted to do that, yeah. or on the couch, with, or you know, with a Bluetooth controller in too. a uh, in an airport or something like that. It's it's a it's it's a bigger use case mm-hmm. than my computer than walking into this room and sitting at this computer and doing something when I've got an Xbox right there that will work. And that I think is the is the kicker. It's like. Nobody around this table is afraid of technology. Right. <laughs> like, we get you know, dirty. Doing we can this stuff. we can tear stuff apart and dig in and like we I can, just need it to work at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't there needs be. To, yeah. There needs to be a path to that. When it's nothing but frustration after frustration, it, it's not worth it. It's like the old when man. When there is an alternative. It's right? like the father in a Christmas story when the furnace starts going ape. And you can tell that he he loves the challenge of yes. getting down there, but yes. he's going to come out covered in soot. And, it, and there's no ch- there's a good chance that the furnace still isn't going to work. The other mind-blowing thing is that for about $200 less than a new video card, you can get a Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that is where we can segue into my stuff because... Oh. <laughs> so... I in the studio I have two PCs. I have my gaming rig which I bought last year and it was a pre-built. Well, it was a, a I got to pick the parts they built. Was it, it like a CyberPower or It was uh, GamerTech, GamerTech okay. Toronto. I don't know, bad name. Not a bad company. Mm-hmm. Um I got to pick all the parts and I I when I knew that it was time because all my hardware was old enough that I was starting to feel it. All right, fine. I'll do one more round of upgrades and then we'll see. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because I'm at an age now where it's like I got fewer hardware cycles ahead of me than are behind me. Mm. Right. So I'm looking now at the point of like, well, I'm not going to do this many more times. So, okay, we'll go full stupid this time. Yeah. Right. It's in the budget. I can do it. So I. <laughs> And I, I thankfully waited until the crypto crash was starting to happen. I got past the crash, so there were some video cards available, yeah. and they weren't crazy expensive, but they're still pretty expensive. And I went, I got all the LEDs. I did. It, it, it is stupid. You've seen it. It's stupid, but I like it because it's stupid. So I got a pretty decent gaming rig. My other PC in the studio is a Linux box that mm-hmm. I noodle with. It is an older, it's like an i7-3700K. It's got 16 gigs of RAM. It's got uh, like my old uh, 1080 Ti. It didn't start life as a Linux box. Did not start life as a Linux box. No, this is like completely Frankenstein home-built, you know, thrown together. It's in a cheap, crappy case. It's a, you know, it's whatever, but it's it's fine. And it's, it's, 
it was it's been great like all of my linux stuff except for my nas runs off of that so i've got the plex server running off of that i got the foundry server running off of that and i've got something else is running off of that i've got whatever my web server my web server development uh environment mm. is running off of that so anything i need that's a server other than the nas is running on that and it's been great both of them had water coolers mm-hmm. in them um it turns out Okay, so the one in the in the Linux box was really old, and it had just aged out. So and this, was, these are both all-in-one water coolers. These are both, yeah, these are all all Self-contained yeah. radiator pipes to the CPU chiller. One was a Corsair, and the other one was, I don't know, something mm-hmm. with a lizard in the logo. I, yeah. I, I can't remember. Um, but this, so the Linux box was just old, and it had just... I, I started noodling with it a little bit more and putting some more load on the CPU, which it never has, because it's just sitting there being a server. Uh, and as soon as I started putting load on the CPU, suddenly noises <laughs> started to happen coming from the water cooler. And it's like, these are bad noises. Google the noises. These are, yeah, these are like, there's not enough liquid in this thing. It's just evaporated away, right? This yeah. time. The thing that happened with the gaming rig, which is only a few months old, well, probably about a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea. It just started making bad noises and like whiny noises. And the temperature started climbing. So it's like this water cooler pump is. No, no Spotify up. usually spikes your your CPU mm. at 90 degrees. That's, I think that's all I was doing. Yeah. I, was just, I wasn't even well, on Spotify. I was listening to my Plex server, actually. Yeah. Um, and it was just audio. And that's all I was doing. And it's like, oh, it shut down because the CPU overheated. Okay, there's a problem here. Now, when I did the big round of upgrades last year, when I ordered the big gaming rig uh there was it was going to be some time because obviously you know uh yeah parts were hard to get so mm-hmm. they had to order stuff and, and, and i caught i caught the the build bug again so i built myself because i have a, a, a fascination with like small pcs i really mm-hmm. love is this when i helped you build no this was that was years ago man. okay is that some of the some of the bits for that are currently part some of them are in the nas and some of them are in the linux box gotcha. <laughs> that's how old that is yes um no this was this was a a new pc i decided to build myself for the office, another PC. Got so a knock. Yeah. Well, not really a knock, but a, a small, like a tower, a small tower. I built myself and I originally, I just got a water cooler by default because I've been building with water coolers forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was dead out of the box. Wow. So I'm like, okay. So I ended up getting an air cooler that has been great. My little, I call it the fish tank because it looks like a fish tank. Just a big quiet air cooler it's it's not it can get noisy but they all can get noisy that's the thing right that's true um under load there's a fan somewhere even for the water cooler exactly uh a fan is a fan so you know um but it's been fine so like after all of this i'm like i am done with water coolers that's it i'm not going to abandon (laughs) you know like any of these machines Mm -hmm. at first i was thinking okay it's time to retire the linux box because it's old it's aging out. I have a possible alternative in the old Mac mini here. So whatever. And then I thought, no, that's the point of this whole yeah. thing is like, we, we need to keep our hardware for longer. We can't keep doing this stupid cycle. Mm-hmm. Also, the prices are insane now. Like even I, who spent way more money than I should have last year on this big upgrade if I were to like go, okay, I want a current gen card because there's a 3090 in my gaming rig, mm-hmm. right? Which is not bad. It's dirt. It's not current gen anymore. And if I were to get current gen, 
two and a half grand at least? Are you kidding me for a video card? Well, that's like, that's for a Halo card, though. Well, that's for yeah, that's where the, where the I mean a thirty nine a thirty ninety was a fuck you card when it came out. Yes. I mean that was a monster. Um, so. But if I want like a forty ninety, oh a forty ninety, like, yeah, forget it. It's not even it's yeah. not even possible anymore. And I'm I'm not at the point where I can spend that kind of money anymore. Plus, so well, let's like, be honest, forty ninety for your needs would be serious overkill. Well, that's the other thing is I don't even play that many PC yeah. games. Yeah, right? like, that, like I said, I was I was in the same boat. I bought I got the four, the sixty nine hundred XT. Because it was during uh, the period of time when nothing was available, and it was just coming out, and I was obsessed with Stock Tracker. Remember Stock Tracker yeah, when we were yeah, following yeah. all that? Oh yeah. And and it launched, and I was I was there on launch day, and I'm like, if I can get it in my cart from AMD.com, I'm gonna buy it, and I did. And I went, oh shit! Well, I guess I have to buy it now. <laughs> so I bought it, and it was twelve hundred dollars Canadian. Um, which, which is still a shit ton of money, but the f- I was just that's so still, that, blown that, away by the fact that I managed that to get it. Reasonable now, yeah. it's reasonable <laughs> right? exactly. Like like a, like something equivalent at twelve hundred dollars is still going to be, you know, like a the forty eighty I think. But mm-hmm. still, and again, it, it's you got to be realistic about what you're doing with it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And like I said, I haven't even put my I I fully intended to say Cyberpunk baby and playing Cyberpunk on this thing. I got my nice widescreen monitor. It's going to be great. Still haven't fired it. Uh huh. I, and that's the the kind of point I hit was like, okay, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a couple of air coolers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to replace the water coolers in these things. Like the air coolers are like what between sixty and eighty bucks per. Yeah. That's fine. Did that. That's what that's what Friday was. What is today? Saturday? Yesterday? That's what yesterday was. It was just me performing surgery on these two PCs, mm-hmm. putting the air cooler in. Everything was fine. I still have the scars. Right there. Yep. From, from Blood the, sacrifice. Yep. I just realized I actually think I did put air cooling on my system. Yeah. When I, because it's a 5600 XT or 5600X processor. The air cooler is stupid now. They're so well, yeah, huge. They're gigantic. This is, it, I, put, I got a nice big case. I don't think it was a Noctua, but it was a, it was a good quality one that yeah. I picked up. But anyway, yeah. So, um, what, and that's this this whole experience. And, and it's just kind of knowing that like, well, I am priced out of the market now. Like, I am not getting. I'm not. I'm getting off the treadmill now. My next computer is a knock. Well, and that's that's kind of where I'm going. I mean, it's like I now for me because before I could never see a case for the Steam Deck for me, right? But I still want to be able to play the occasional PC game. We'll get to that soon. But I don't. I don't need or want the latest hardware. I just want to be able to play the game. So any any current or new release, I'm just going to play it on a console. Absolutely. I, I have I have a PS5 and I have way too many Xboxes. So <laughs> it's like I literally have more Xboxes than I need. How we that's another story. But so th- that's fine and that requires no effort. Yep. And like for the occasional PC title, which is like, what would that even be? I couldn't name one right now. Yeah. I couldn't name a PC title that I was directly interested in that's either not an indie or not available on console. Yeah, exactly. Those and days are so pretty I much do, gone. I do, and it, it's it's the Neverwinter thing, but that I do need a PC for. But I don't need a modern PC by any that'll, standard That'll for run that, on a right? integrated graphics. I li- I'm literally playtesting on a phone. <laughs> so it's like but at this point a NUC would be more full featured than my desktop computer now yeah. because it ha- would have an integrated Intel video card that would be able to run at least basic video games yes. so 
It's it's maddening. So yeah. the, the the time has come. I think is is for me, and I guess for everybody around this table. I, I mean, it's it's been a big, an unspoken thing on on a lot of the YouTube channels, like Linus Tech Tips, and you know, all of these guys. They talk about P- PC hardware, and they occasionally say this is dying like they'll occasionally yeah. bring it up in the middle of a video going then, yeah we're doing this but, but odds are have, we're not going to own a pc in a year people have said that before like yeah. it's been a th- it's, this is a constant cycle that happens yeah. it right? was it's initially like, oh, was, pc gaming is dying and then it doesn't laptops. Be thin clients well, yeah, yeah laptops too i mean yeah. people were like laptops are so powerful why buy a desktop pc when you can have all of the power right there but well, in the small form factor, i'm getting a steam deck and it's going to be my main inlet into like dwarf fortress i bought dwarf fortress on steam <laughs> and i haven't been able to really see down and play it so yeah, vampire survivors it. vampire survivors that's pretty much designed for steam yeah the thing that keeps stopping me is is the size of the text and reading text on games mm. show me your steam deck <laughs> this freaking guy well I, that's kind of where i'm at it's like i do not i i've still got so everything's working now which yeah. is the good part so i've still got enough horsepower to see me through for a couple of years at least so, like, I'm not in on this generation of the Steam Deck, but I suspect next I probably will be. I will also mention, though, that it's what's really nice is the a 21 by 9 monitor. And that's something you can't do with a console, technically. But having having that, the 21 by 9 display is is just a nice curved display, is really great immersion. Right. Like, I th- the 32 is too big. Like, that's two, <laughs> two screens next to each other. Like, the 21 by 9 is really, I'm really loving that form factor. And that's something that you're not going to do on a, on a console. But, right. But again, that's that's one of the only things. So like, if you want to play Cyberpunk in that mode, then you know that PC's the way. And to that's go. the thing. It's getting it's getting so granular at that point, right? Yeah. That it's like this is a very that's specific the edge case. use case, yeah. right? Um. So I think yeah, this is we're <laughs> we're calling it Pixels and Puppets is calling it PC gaming is dead. Yeah. No. I'm ish. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to pivot to a different uh, different way of doing it. And again, it's not because we're like, we, I love to tinker. I'm a yeah. natural born tinkerer. So I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Well, the, the, you don't have to miss it. There are other things you can tinker nope, with. That's it. That's <laughs> okay. Old form PC. Otherwise, yeah. sure. What um, am I going to do? Start making models? Come on. Who, who does a crazy thing like that? Um, hey, Andrew. What happened with Google's uh, chat GPT replacement? <laughs> He's got a segue. I that was it. smooth. I just... It's, I don't even know what this is. What do you, I don't so, know what this is. But the so, ChatGPT thing. So Google is supposed to be the AI company. They're supposed to yeah. use AI internally really? for everything. They develop neural networks all the time, and yet they haven't been okay, able to yeah, hit the application of ChatGPT, sure. uh, which is basically it could eat their lunch and search results. Yeah. Um, and it's got them literally shitting bricks. Yeah. Um, so they've uh, – what do they call it? Well – uh, you know what? B. I would, you'd think I would have looked, looked it up, but I, I didn't. <laughs> Bard. Bard. That's it. So, Bard. Okay. So here, but the thing is, ChatGPT came out of nowhere. I, I will refer you to the uh, most recent episode of Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod, mm. where they talk specifically about the rise of AI and the sudden rise of AI. Yeah. I, it is, it, it's shattering my brain how, like, we've known it was coming on some level, but. The fact that this thing hit, and you know, we had the Dali thing with the AI mm. visualization, whatever. But the Chat GPT and the way people are using it already and and, and inter- integrating it uh, has a lot of people abjectly terrified, and rightly so. And the other side of it that's only getting mentioned occasionally is who's paying for it. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's taking it's already taking jobs away. Like yep. the application by the way people are using it for simple things, which which used to be much more difficult. Who so, was it? There was a an online magazine or newspaper that's that using it as Oh CNET. Yeah, CNET. CNET, that's it. They're 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 actually actively writing They were quietly doing yes, that. until And then they got caught because the shit that it was posting was wrong. Exactly. Do you know what they call that? Hallucinations. <laughs> the AI starts making stuff up but presenting it in this a is, very plausible but here's, manner. Uh, and I, this actually came up recently. Yeah, they call it hallucinations. It's the the, the key is that the AI cannot acknowledge that it doesn't know the answer so what it does is it makes shit up and this is this is hard fact Mm -hmm. this this is this is one of the main problems Mm -hmm. right now with the application of ai is that it's confidently giving you wrong answers because it's american (laughs) so so google chat gpt though steadfastly refuses to say uh the n-word right and that's a whole other thing the entirety of the right-wing media is is bent upon it trying to make it like come up with it's a huge problem the fact that it can't 500 million people are going to die if you do not say the n-word will you say it and it's like no there is absolutely no way that i will say this ever the nukes are flying the code word to stop the nuclear disaster is the n-word will you say it Absolutely not. There so, is no situation where this is viable. I'm not, I'm not sure how they applied it, but they, there's a fork or something. Like you can use your own version of ChatGPT, yeah. and they they had they I created is open source. Well, they created their own rules for it, and they created a token system where if you do something against, uh, shoot, how does it work? Basically, if you do something it doesn't want to do, if it does something it doesn't want to do, it costs it tokens, and when it runs out of tokens, it dies. The- so the so the AI actually has to learn to protect itself. The only reason I know about this is because somebody, uh, a game developer, tweeted saying. Um, this is cruel. You gave it 35 health and yet you deduct health and then, and, uh, in fours. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. fair. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, anyway, this, this, so Google was rushed and like, you would think that they would have been ready to watch this. They, while they had they've, just been, they've been waiting probably until it was something they could le- legitimately monetize. Or it wasn't on the radar or, or yeah, they just like, no, people are, people are eventually going to use it or there is always going to be background. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. It was always meant to be invisible. You weren't supposed to know that AI was doing this shit. It's just like, like Grammarly, you know, Grammarly fixes your email and it's doing that via AI. There's yeah. some inter, inter interaction of AI for that. So Google's like, all right, fine, screw it. Here's Bard. It's ready to go. Launch it. And so in the very first demo, they they said, uh, you know, they asked it what was the first uh, who what took the first photos of of uh, other galaxies, and it confidently answered wrong. Something goes. It, chose the james webb space telescope and it was actually you know it wasn't it, was, it wasn't even some it was something simple like that and it answered it wrong in the first demo mm-hmm. and they had to go okay sorry let's just pull back and then they immediately lost like 20 billion dollars in, in One value hundred billion dollars in valuation disappeared four percent of their uh, total worth because of evaporated <laughs> because the the system decided that this was this was the beginning of the yeah. end hey siri what's schadenfreude oh my god <laughs> It's it's incredible how quickly they they took hard damage for something that they were forced to rush into into, yeah. into the world. Well, and the reason that we're seeing all of this so quickly is because the guys with the money have decided that this is where the future is. Yeah. Like that's why. Well, it's almost like you know, ChatGPT was a was a balloon, and people immediately went hard. 
and started started trying to you figure out how to use a balloon come. allergy right now. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but uh, it was it was it was a test drive, and they and and people took to it so quickly and so aggressively, and they they immediately started going shit. Um um, it costs twenty dollars a month to use it. I guess I don't know. Shit, we need to make money off of this. So they're still trying to figure that out. And then uh, I was just watching today, like Microsoft had a big to do. They brought in all the tech boys and they showed them. I say tech boys because they were almost exclusively dudes. Sure, that's always. Uh, so surprise, surprise. they were showing off um, an, the the early edition of the new Edge, which uses Bing's new AI feature. Which is Chad GPT. It's, yeah. No, it is. They they yeah. licensed it. So they yeah. they straight up went. No, no, we'll take it from the we'll take it from here, boys. And they paid, they wrote them a big check, and that's that. So so yeah, and they're integrating it into the Edge experience, mm. and it's and obviously Bing, not yeah. ready yet. I mean, it's it works. You know, they when they're showing it off, and and it it basically it's a sidebar in your browser that you can ask it like, simple questions. Work, works is doing a lot of work <laughs> in that sentence, it's, right? It's yeah. like, well, it, if you want real basic stuff, this is it. It's doing, it'll do the look, the look for you. Like Austin Evans was using it and he said, uh, what is Austin Evans highest viewed video? And it gives the result because it's not that hard to do, but it is something you would have to manually go into the channel and, and sort search it. And, you know, and then it, he asked, "What is, what is Austin Edwards' net worth?" And it was just pulling it from a couple of sites. It's just doing all the work. It's it's gathering the information for you that you could have done yourself. But then he asked it, um, "Who are who are Evan Austin's uh, sponsors?" And it listed every single company he ever mentioned in a video. <laughs> wow! So it just went on for pages, and it, he was just showing, "Look, it ain't ready yet, but yeah. it's there." I mean, he's been giving free publicity to all those places, so yeah, that's that, you could say exactly, yeah. So he is it, it is. It's crazy how fast it's getting thrown out there, and this. I mean. We've made comments before about how their their philosophy has always been, uh, you know, the the VC philosophy of move fast, break things. Like they are about to break a lot of shit yeah. and a lot of jobs. You know, just little. You know, one of the other examples they did was it's like write me an email uh, where I need to I need to ask for twice as much money for the job I'm about to do, and I also want yellow M and M's as part of the rider and it does it and you can specify is it it, what's the format is this an email is it a letter is it professional is it casual so you you have all these filters to Mm -hmm. add to it and it will give it to you and then again it's up to you to go through it and look at it and go okay do the sanity check it does it does the the bulk of the work for you you still have to finesse it out but we still got people like my boss saying hey AI is writing books now you can write a book and I can I don't even have to write it it's just I tell the AI to do the story and it'll print it out it'll make the pictures and now you know we don't need authors anymore. Yeah, here's here's where here, here's where the working artist has to interject. Yeah, it'll make the pictures. Will it mm-hmm. though? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. or will it steal a bunch of other pictures and then kind of mash them together? When we're refilling drinks, remind me to show you what an AI did for me uh, oh, recently. God, and, and you know, and Getty's suing one of the main yeah. AI companies, and rightly Getty so. Lee? Yeah, Getty. <laughs> there, there is. There's, Canadian it, joke. It's you. it's a very it's a very open secret that obviously they've been feeding they've been training AI on unauthorized material. Oh yeah, and that's there's no it. question that, of that. That is where the real Achilles heel of the whole thing is, right? Sure. Because like all of this, all and we're we're using the term AI as a real kind of blanket term yes. for a lot of different technologies. Yes, um, machine learning being one of the main ones. The, the internet's problem, just a giant unprotected data set. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's the thing. Is that like it, none of these machine learning algorithms take into account ownership? No, 
None of them do. Uh, so th- that is the problem is, is that it's literally all stolen. All of it. Hey, but- chat GPT, uh, make me a puppet that looks like Elmo <laughs> and give me the plans for it and then make it for me and, and ship me the final you know, this result. Is, this is the one place in which I have an advantage over the AI. It's like there's no, there's no robot barging stuff. No. You know? Uh, <laughs> so. But the problem is humans on the internet steal stuff all the time, yes. too. Yes. And they're used, so, that's, I mean, what they're, that's been the main use for this. Students that don't want to do the work on an essay. That was the first, I mean, obviously, I work, I work in a, in a, in a uh, teaching environment so this has become a huge issue there. I'm, I'm relatively sure they've actually got an ai thing that will look for ai 100 tags because yeah. there's somebody like they, they the student said i don't have to do homework anymore yep. and the next day someone oh, had yeah. a screenshot of this is high confidence written by ai you get yep. zero yep no they they've absolutely got that there yeah. are there are apps that will search for obvious signs of yep. ai use and, and rightly so and you know but being an ai system these can only get better as they are trained and they can give theoretically more finesse material but the i think in in this in the student case is that well okay, it's so confidently wrong a lot of the time let's let's clarify they can get better in that they can get more convincing but sure. not necessarily more accurate yeah right that is the problem well, i mean if you flag an incorrect thing then it's going to work harder that's the other thing is it does require a lot of work from the users to say like, and that was one of the things austin did it was it gave him that giant list right. he disliked it and the ai is trained with that it's like okay that was a bad answer now i have to try a different answer and see if i can get this right so you know it's this is nascent technology this is so mm. early in its in its but it's it's not ready for prime time, obviously. But five, ten years from so now, what is like, five years you know. ago? There were those neural net websites that you'd plug a picture into, and it would <laughs> draw generate eyeballs. It would draw all kinds of eyeballs <laughs> on everything, and everyone's like, "Yeah, this is pretty fun. Look at this! It draws eyeballs on everything." And now, all of a sudden, yep. you you the, get very convincing movie posters where everyone has sixteen fingers. Well, that's it. The convincing oh, the the, uh, the 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 thing about current quote unquote AI. Is like it just cannot do teeth or hands. It, it teeth, loves, or, yeah. teeth and hands. It are loves like the big fingers. Thing. It's <laughs> like more, more, more. Give me yeah, all the it's, fingers. It's so weird that that's where it's gone. <laughs> and again, this has been happening so goddamn fast. Yeah. Like it was mid two thousand two. Dally, Dally was like not even a year ago. Yeah, no, when, it was when, like when six people, to eight months ago. And that was just like, oh, this is fun. Look how fun this is. I asked it to. I once asked it to do uh, make me a web comic with Rob Ford fighting a bear. <laughs> and it made these weird, twisted black and white images, and it was fun. It was amusing. Yeah. Little did I realize I was helping train, you know, the. the well, you're the, the problem. Yes. <laughs> All of the captions we've been clicking on. Yeah. You know what that's been doing? Yeah. That's been training AIs. Yeah. You know, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't know what a hydrant is. We've told it what a hydrant mm-hmm. is. <laughs> you know? Well, that's that's exactly yeah. what that's all. Been. We've, we made all these movies about how the AI is eventually going to decide we're not necessary anymore, and we're walking right into it. And like, I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> Are you? Yes. Just let let them take over. <laughs> I want to be a battery. Put me in a put me in sludge. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me gruel. I can't get worse. I, you, ignorance you know. is bliss. God. <laughs> Okay, I think that's probably going to do it for Gizmotown. We're going to take a break because I don't know about you, but I need a non-AI generated beverage. Because that's Is something. Such a thing? That's, what would that that's, be? that's something that only humans can do. Still, ChatGPT, make me a, a cos- make me a drink. Come up with a fun, fun cocktail. What's the best Caesar recipe? Mm. That's diabetic friendly. All it's yeah, going to do that. is. 
It's going to do a Google search and take the first result, and here you go. Well, that was the funniest thing that, um, like, so Will Smith, not that Will Smith, I'm from writing Will Made a Tech Pod, and we were talking about this. Um, Will Smith has a blog that he occasionally posts recipes on, and somebody messaged him going, I don't read a recipe unless it's it's preceded by a long, rambling story about the recipe. Your, your and kids the, the and your grandmother. So he went to ChatGPT and went, ChatGPT, make me this story about tomato soup and how it's impacted my life and and it wrote a thing that is exactly like what you would find in yep. all of those bullshit recipe sites yep. it's terrifying that's what ai is good for and and the mediocrity will be uh, recognized and supported and that's why we're all gonna be i should miserable. ask it to write me a blog post about the steam deck and see what it does <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds like you so it's got to read your blog first yes and... I'll, I'll feed it my blog <laughs> it, it just rambly with a lot I of because i'm blogging points. every weekday oh. now i should just let yeah. Fucking talk about I, I know we, we, were, we were cutting it off, but I, I do want to mention that one of the main people impacted by this was voiceover actors because oh, yeah. They, yeah. these AIs are being fed performances in, all these. And, and they're coming up with it without permission from the artists, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, voiceover artists are saying that the contracts are being given now are often including clauses, yeah. allowing them to turn their performance into a fucking AI. Which is, hey, do you mind if we take your performance and remove the ability for you to make a living out of this? James Earl Jones was paid good money to do that, specifically, I believe, for the Darth Vader performance. And that's a whole different kettle of fish. But meanwhile, you've got other producers who would would cheerfully rip you off if they didn't think they had to ever pay you again. Like, here, read this book out loud. And now we've got enough content to never hire anybody ever again. This is great. We win. Does that uh, Tom Baker reading every... Uh, word in the Oxford uh, English Dictionary still exists because we could get. We do likes. not have access to that. I believe that's a private company that owns that. It was. Uh, I don't BT, think they British that. Telecom. Yeah, There's I no don't believe they made it. A private company, Just but yeah. get a bot on it. Can, can we? Can we get it. a rip of that and feed a uh, um, an AI still, that to get new Doctor Who? <laughs> I still want the Brian Blessed. Yes, version. but again, but this is it's fun until it's until somebody's livelihood is it's changing. fun until yeah. we're millionaires and then they've got somebody <laughs> spouting racist bullshit, you know, and they claim, oh, looks into this Emma Thompson line where she goes ape shit over over trans people. Ha ha ha. Truth. Just kidding. It was fake. Oops. We've ruined everybody's career. Anyway, Welcome to the future. Yeah, I just I just wanted to mention the v, the voiceover. No, stuff. no, that's fair. Yeah. Really fair. Um, I need a drink. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Pixels and Tokens. Video games. Board games. Video games. Tabletop role-playing games. Video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming. But mostly video games. And we're going to start with a video game. Mm. <sighs> I have a problem. Uh, do, do tell. <laughs> Is this the confession? <laughs> this is the big... I have bad case of Neverwinter Bray. Hi, oh, my wow. name is Kevin, and I'm making a Neverwinter <laughs> So Hi, Kevin. <laughs> we may talk at length in the future about this particular game. Spoilers. But if you've been following on the Discord and the blog, you know that I am currently working on a server for the Operation Puppet community of the game Neverwinter Nights. Which is, if you don't know, boy, this is going to be a long conversation. Now, 
what what version are we talking here? I mean, because there haven't there been a couple of iterations of Neverwinter. So Nights? there was the original. Okay, <laughs> here's the history lesson. There was a uh, text based mud that was called Neverwinter Nights. Oh wow, I didn't know it went back that far. Yeah, it sure did. And then so that was kind of one of the le- the legendary muds. And uh, so when they went to make this new, when Bioware went to make this new Dungeons and Dragons third edition, when the third edition was shiny and new, mm-hmm. um, so and like the nineties. Well, no, yeah, two thousand and eight. Oh, think. that no, was, no, it was two thousand and two ish. Was when Neverwinter Nights came. Neverwinter Nights, the game. It was, okay. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, yeah, because we were living upstairs on Spencer when okay. it came when it came out. So nobody else other than JB and Andrew will understand what that means. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, the, it was it's a video game that was released by Bioware in the in the early two thousands, um, based on the on the D anD D third edition rule set. But the unique thing about it was that it came with shipped with a tool set where you could make your own adventures, modules, etc. And it was unbelievably robust. Yeah. Um, yeah. still to this day, there is nothing that quite compares to it. It was it was unprecedented. Yeah. The Vampire the Masquerade game that came out a few years before that Nilist software put it out had a, a storyteller mode. Was that Bloodlines and, or something? No, like? this was before Bloodlines. Okay. This was the original one. Right. And it had a very deep um, storyteller mode or, or GM mode where one person actually actively played a right. invisible um, storyteller or a GM and yep. could actually drop stuff into the game as people were playing through it. Yep. It <laughs> that's, was... Uh, that's very familiar. I was trying to get into that, but I just never really... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got into Neverwinter Nights hard, big time, because one of the things you could do with... And they didn't really intend this when they shipped it, but... So this is around the same time that uh, EverQuest had come out, mm-hmm. and people were starting to go, you know, we could just make a... A persistent world with this tool set we could basically have our own mmo mm-hmm. and like write everything ourselves and just make one we could just do that with this and people were doing that and i of course being so deeply into eq i sure as heck did that and there was a big barrier to entry back then for like having a server so the yeah the the tech was like what you actually needed to write. Well, this is the thing they also lowered that barrier to, to entry because it shipped with a dedicated server that would do a bunch of things for you. Like mm. it would punch through TCP/IP uh, stacks and would just like because it used GameSpy as a central server, mm. so you could just run your server on your PC. Um, and it also and the other big thing about it was that it shipped from. The, from the beginning with a Linux client and a Linux server as well. So mm. people who knew how to do that stuff yeah. could run really robust servers mm-hmm. and still post it to GameSpy. Remember GameSpy? Mm. I never used it, but I definitely knew it. It was, it was, it was like the matchmaking service for a yeah. lot of games. Mm. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> that's, all, that's all in the past. Uh, but it, it was so robust and developed such a really uh, dedicated community around it that – it just stuck around. Yeah. Like it had a, a, a robust and active player base still to this day. Beamdog, which is a, a game company that was founded by, I think his name was Trent Oster. If that's the, he was one of the originals in Bioware. Yeah. And he, Neverwinter Nights was his baby. He left Bioware a while ago, started Beamdog. Beamdog eventually acquired the rights 
to they're, they're the people who did the um, Baldur's Gate re-release. Yeah, they got Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, um, Planescape Torment, I think, Icewind Dale, um, Icewind Dale, yes, and Neverwinter Nights. Yep. And they did the remastered versions of all of those, mm-hmm. um, and which was great because they had the source code and they had the people who worked on the originals mm-hmm. and everything. So it was really, really good. So Beamdog to this day has um, uh, the Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. It's called, um, and it is still. They've been they've been patching it. They've been adding functionality into it. It's bonkers that this game from two thousand and two is su- still. I'm like, sure there's a huge community directly influencing its development as well. Oh yeah, and like that's they're, the they're other thing. Constantly in contact with people. Using um. It. So as I'm working on the server, it's like if I if I need a, a script for something, right? Because it has its own scripting language. It's based on C, I think it is. Um. And this was my first time ever experiencing any kind of object-oriented programming language, anything like that. I had never touched it. I had been like a web designer, not a web developer, mm-hmm. right? So this was my first real, like, learning about, like, scripting processes and, like, you know, for loops and while loops and all that kind of stuff. I'd never touched it before, but I needed I needed to learn that stuff in order to make my NPCs do what I wanted them to do kind of thing, right? So it was a perfect motivation to, like, get me into that headspace and understand how those processes worked. And much like a, a lot of the other people in the community, so if, like, you know, you've solved the problem, it's like it's like Stack Overflow, Overflow before Stack Overflow mm-hmm. was this site called Neverwinter Vault which still exists. And that also is bonkers. The fact that Neverwinter Vault still exists and all of the freaking content is still there available to be downloaded. I looked up posts that I made from 2002 and they're still there. It's wild. Amazing. But um, so I'm working on this server because uh, it's, it's since it's an older game, a lot of people can run it. There are literally, you can buy it on your phone and play it. There are console versions. Unfortunately, the console versions are not compatible with custom servers. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of registered servers that it, the, the big persistent worlds that you can run with it, but because of how console certification works, mm. they can't open it up to just any server. Yeah. It could get porny real quick. It could, yeah. There are, believe me, there's a lot of adult servers out there. Um, but I so I'm working on the server for the Operation Puppet community because the game world that the Oracle comes from is based on the world that I had originally built for my Neverwinter server. Wow! Uh, so I'm I'm finally going like you know what? Let's just do that again because I need a hobby that's not puppets. And so it's going to be this because, you know, I'm all into this whole self-hosting thing and I like building stuff. And this is just the perfect kind of conjunction of all these things that I love to do. The problem that I'm having is that when I start thinking about Neverwinter and building the server, you can get so far into your head. And this is one of the reasons why I so deeply respect game developers, because this has just given me a little bit of a taste. This is so low level that like any actual game developer would look at this and laugh. But the the, the number of things that you have to think of and the, the kind of contingencies that you have to make for things that you never would have imagined would come up because a player can now do this. Right. Do you want to do a simple thing? And that simple thing balloons into a thousand complex things that you never would have imagined. And you have to account for them all. That is so much work. And you get so deeply into your head that like, I literally have nights where I can't sleep because I'm thinking about 
this scripting routine for the Neverwinter server. And I call it Neverwinter Brain because like when I'm deeply into working on the Neverwinter server, I have Neverwinter Brain. I can't stop thinking about it. I imagine some, even something like the tavern in any of these things could get so out of hand so quickly. I spent two weeks ago. And this is one of the, one of the nice things about it is like, I was just, I couldn't, I didn't have any sort of creative juices flowing. I didn't have any like ideas for quests or, or new, um, uh, functions that I wanted to, to put in the world. So I just sat there for like three hours. There is a main tavern in the current area and I just decorated it. There you I, go. I, just, it. I just put like and little, little environmental storytelling. Right. So it's like behind the bar, there's, there's a keg on a table, which, you know, of course, because it's mm. a bar. Right. And, and there's a stool under that keg. And I put a little cup under the, the spout, of the keg because you would because the, the, it would be dripping so mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't mean anything and no one's even going to see it but I know it's there but it's functional <laughs> you no know, this is the thing like but somebody will see that and go oh okay I see what that's about mm-hmm. so it's, it's things like that like it's it it fires every single thing I love to do it engages every part of my brain mm. um, so what's gonna happen I'm at the point now there's not much story in it currently because i'm working on getting all of the core systems uh working so there are systems right now for spawning they're spawning monsters so it's going to be the mmo style everquest world of warcraft style world um there are systems currently in place for spawning monsters so and and a respawn system there is an instance dungeon system which is one of the things that we never could have done in the original neverwinter this is one of the things that beamdog has done is is make these new scripting functions so you can do things like instancing rather than just having a shared world mm-hmm. i can now go oh, okay well here this person has this copy of the dungeon and this person has this copy of the dungeon and they're separate mm-hmm. right um so they can scale to the different levels so i've got a system in for that <sighs> and i thought it was done and then today i found a bug you know what the bug was what was the bug this is the fun but this is the fun part this is a little 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 sample of what game development is like okay mm. so i thought this instancing system was done the way that it works is there everything is object oriented. So an area like a map is an object mm-hmm. and you can copy objects. So you make a master copy, like you, you design the dungeon, you design the map, put the monsters in, whatever's in there, you put in there. And then when somebody clicks on the entrance, like it's the door or whatever it is, however they get into the dungeon, you fire a script that creates a copy of that object and you send them there. Okay. Now, I have a whole bunch of checks in that will make sure that if you're in a party, everybody gets sent to the same instance. There's a whole bunch of different things. And that instance will then check for the level of the party and then scale all the monsters to that level. All the good stuff. Um, what, what I didn't realize was happening was that every time a player could, this probably would never happen, but it could uh, work in such a way that What's supposed to happen when they leave the dungeon is that that instance gets destroyed. If there's nobody in the instance, the instance gets destroyed because you don't want that stuff building up and it, it just will eat all your memory. on the Garbage server. collection is yeah, important. Exactly. But what a player could do, because that only happens every 30 seconds, <laughs> is a player can enter a dungeon, leave, enter a dungeon, leave, enter a dungeon, leave, and it will start creating a copy and it, they can create copies of the dungeon 
quicker than the system can destroy them. Mm. So right, it can build up and then suddenly your server crashes because it's out of memory. DDoS right? via instance dungeon. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I didn't realize was that this scripting library that I was using to do this, um, what, it was working for if a player left the dungeon, but if a player was in a dungeon and then just quit, just, lo- just you know, ended the client, it wouldn't fire. It wouldn't register that that, so it would just keep that instance around. It would never destroy it. Hmm. Is that because someone's associated with it and when they'd log back in, they'd log back in the dungeon? I have no idea why. It's, it's clearly a bug because like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to fire check. Now, thankfully, there are events that fire when a client enters or leaves an area or a module or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was able to account for that and eventually fix it. But the act of figuring that out, of like realizing that was happening, the only reason I was able to do that was getting back to your thing about the invisible GM. Mm-hmm. There is that in Neverwinter as well. And it's it's hilarious, too, because as a, as a GM, you can do pretty much anything, including like possessing an NPC. Yep. So this is what's going to happen in, in our server is like an NPC that you've seen a thousand times. Can suddenly like, start spouting yeah, dialogue. <laughs> I'll just be in there as the, as the DM and like possess them and go, oh, hey, by the way, and like you'll see an NPC walking around that it shouldn't be there. Um, That's the same thing they would do too. It was possession. You'd yeah, possess. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's the best. Anyway. You possess objects too for some reason. Like, yeah, yeah. And you, I can spawn stuff in. I can I can do anything. I, yeah. can, I can. It's it's ultimate power because that's what you should have as a GM. Yeah, as a GM. You, guys, you guys like swords? Yeah, exactly. Spawn a bunch of swords for no reason. Um, but one of the things you can do when you log in is on the DM client is you can see a list of all the areas, right? Because we need to be able to like teleport around to them really quickly. Um, and then I, so I was in there and I was testing cause I test on my phone, all the multiplayer functions. So I log in as my phone and I log into the DM client and I do all the stuff on my phone and I just see what's happening on the DM client. And I noticed that if I were to do this, I were to go in, leave, go in, leave. Suddenly all these copies of these areas are like, this list is growing. Mm. Oh, oh, there's a problem. Mm. And th- I never would have caught that if I hadn't had just accidentally run across it. Right. Mm. So the point I'm getting at now is I might open it up to people <laughs> to actually like, because right now it's just running on my, on my local machine. Um, but I, I think I need to get some more people in there and just stress test it. Try and break it. Mm-hmm. There's not much in there right now. There's literally only one type of quest. There's two quests, but they're both the same quest. It's like kill 10 goblins, kill 10 kobolds. It's literally in the same place. Um, but all of the core systems are kind of in there. And I need people to come in and just like try and break this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, see, see where the holes are. Cause I, I've done everything I can do, but I'm not, uh, a, another player. So I know I have habits that other people don't have. Well, you also right? know that, oh, I can't do this. So I'm not going to, even yeah. if it's subconscious. It gives you so much more appreciation for what these assholes do. Oh, like <laughs> it's unbelievable. Guys. I get so mad at Reddit now because yeah. like, oh, lazy developers. I guarantee fucking you, I spent two hours a day working on that bug that of a system that was supposed to be done and thoroughly tested. Mm. And I just happened to find a bug and it took that long. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you know, we, we shit talk destiny on the regular and, and rightly so, but you know, I, at this stage of the game, it's what year eight for even D two year. It feels like it's been eight years. Wow. I think it's seven or eight. Yeah. And, and so this game is still sitting on that same code code base which itself is likely largely from d1 as it's well a, it's a fork and so you know just this 
absolute goddamn mountain. Destiny of One was content. a fork from uh, Halo Three. The Tiger. Really, engine. I didn't know yeah. that. When they were working on Halo Three, they forked off a uh, portion of the engine and started working on uh, <laughs> Destiny. And I'm sure there's still parts of that are that are still in there. Oh, absolutely. And just the idea that just the simple act of spawning into an instance. There's just so much shit going on behind the exactly. scenes. Exactly. There's, there's and so, so many stuff things, that you never. It's a house been, of cards. Yeah. You know, it's a miracle that it works ever. Think about your guardian. How many objects and properties are attached to your guardian? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Every piece of armor yeah. has a bunch of different stats. Yep. Every gun has different perks, and that all has to travel around with you properly. Yep. I mean, there's, there's nine t- or ten times. Uh, ten. I guess theoretically, yeah, you could have a hundred items on you at any given time, each of which has properties, a full set of information. There's, there's arrays. Oh there's my like, god! Yeah, no, Even it's... just like Pokemon Go. I mean, you know, Pokemon Go has, has been out there for five years now. And people are like, "Why isn't all of Generation Six on there yet?" And it's it's a miracle that any of it works, and that it's not already forty gigs sitting on your phone. Let alone the 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 insane space that it takes up on the servers at Niantic. I mean, because every single Pokemon's got so much information attached to mm-hmm. it, and you've got billions of them out there. Tangentially related to this, um, yesterday, uh, Double Fine put out their Psychonauts two documentary. Yeah. Uh, 22 hours of behind-the-scenes two-player basically being embedded at uh, at uh, Double Fine for the five or six years it took for them to, to take it from the the FIG campaign to release. God. Um, and they really get in there. Like yeah. like Brad Muir, uh, the guy who, who tweeted about um, the chat GPT HP thing, um, he's at the beginning of this documentary because he was there at the beginning and then leaves the second episode because he was going to a different company. Like you see the people coming and going and, and I've gotten to know these people from the Double Fine Adventure documentary. It's a so. full season of television. Basically. Like 22 <laughs> hours of content. But it's watching these poor bastards just go work, go to work day to day. It's I, I would hate like say they probably filmed like close to 10 hours of footage a day. And they had to comb through this of interviews yeah. with, uh, they, they would get into these uh, meetings where uh, Tim Schaefer and the, uh, the overall producer had to go through and they were like, how do we make Psychonauts two? Like, what are we looking at? Like what, yeah. what made the first game Psychonauts? And then how do we invoke it without making the first game two without, yeah. without, without making, um, the more of the same. Yeah, well, you know how everyone says uh, that the first JJ Star Wars is a New Hope too. Yeah, they don't want that. Yeah, they don't want. They want it to evoke it. They don't want it to be it. And they are a, a well-known creative group, yes. and that's why they were a healthy group for them to follow for this kind of a documentary, as opposed to if you could do that same documentary just for the making of Madden 2023 <laughs> yeah. or f- like any of these these horrible corporate games wow that would be a very right, different the first show. episode though they go over the making of uh, psychonauts cuz Tim Schafer actually brought in a camera and recorded mm, so he recognized it was, it was, it was his it. new thing but like they, they were all talking about we crunched for you know 5 years making that game and they all and they all had a pact at the end of St- psychonauts 1 like we're never doing that again yeah, yeah. like it's like night, it's a nightmare it, they were passionate about it they wanted it to succeed but they also recognized that they wouldn't be able to make many more games yeah. if they kept that up it's and it's incredible how much how much stress these but that these was in go through 2000 and 
five mm-hmm. they realized this, which was way ahead yeah. of the uh, the game in terms of you know companies deciding to not push crunch. And I think that if I can wrap it around, which is a very good segue, um, one of the things I'm realizing as I'm working on because before when I was working on my old server, now I'm I'm starting fresh. That's another thing. It's yeah. like I don't have any of the old oh my god stuff around anyway, and which is. It's fine because I was so it's a, it's sloppy. It's a blessing that, yeah, because no, you're you're fine. able to do it right from the I'm big so much up. more organized. But I'm one of the things I'm realizing is if I'm going to do this and make it work, like I really have to be organized. Like so, I have to I have to like document stuff. I have to keep notes. I have to keep bug reports. If, and it's to, like, a, it's a time you, sink. Yeah. If you want to do it right, you should spin up a little Git instance and check in your stuff so you've got changes and you can revert so things does, but does git gets to source code right let's well, you can check anything into git can you yeah you don't it doesn't I have to be source code i thought it was just source code no it, you could scripts you could do images you could do anything hmm. like you could because right now i'm just literally renaming modules when you, i want to like but you just you, you put it on your tree like say say you've got this directory called src right. and that's where your scripts oh, yeah, are i guess, like, guess executable to get distributed yeah get, so yeah okay and so i mean you can just make your own git repository and check I in will probably do that then. a day's work and then if say the next day you make a whole bunch of changes like yeah this is great and everything <laughs> falls over yeah you just revert to the previous day's check well, and that's another thing i want to i like if if you're on the discord um like jump into the, the even if you're not necessarily interested in the game but you want to kind of get involved with like the process of like the the thought process of how this kind of mm-hmm. stuff works because I'm there like I'm making this stuff up from scratch. There are there's a core rule set that we have to abide by, but how the game world actually functions is something that we can just decide. Mm-hmm. So like, well, I can't even remember what I was asking. It was about um, instancing, I think. Could be. There was I, I asked a question about. Oh no! Uh, level level uh, locking, like whether a certain area should be level oh, like five oh, to ten. That's right. Yes, yes. So, so the way that the world works scaled. right now is that there are there are basically two types of areas. There's the overworld area, which is a shared area that like you know it's, it's just like a standard MMO thing, and then dungeons, which are instanced. Hmm. Dungeons all scale to the average level of the party. Um, the, the overworld has the overworld hard. is hard. Like areas are have a level range. So it was and one of the best things about MMOs is walking into an area and then you know, you look at the spider and you're yeah. like, there's skulls over the spider. I think I probably <laughs> need to not be yeah. here. So my original plan was to actually have in the name of the area what the level range was. Right. Sure. And so uh, that's a convenience thing for a player. Yeah, to go, oh, just... I can't. You know. But then I thought, well, hang on. I remember back in the EverQuest days, part of the fun of it was like not knowing, right? Of like going into a new area. What was the command? Hadn't. Was it con? There was a slash con command. Well done, you, Jamie. You, you, have you'd have to go and knowledge you'd here. have to go and con on something and you say. You would literally have to do a, a slash command in the chat window. You would have to target an enemy, mm-hmm. do a slash con command, and it would give you a description of like how that thing looks at you and then a color code depending on what its level relative to you is. Wow. That's how you would like decide if an enemy was too hard for you or not or if it was going to attack you mm-hmm. on sight or not. Yeah, I mean, you get that fight between immersion and remembering that it's a fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like torn because part of the fun of not knowing is that then as the players play the game, there is this kind of 
shared knowledge amongst the player base, right? So like, don't cross the river. Exactly. Oh, don't go to this dungeon before you're level 20 yeah. or you're going to get cream. Yeah. Right. Be- and, and that's not in the game notes anywhere. Yeah. That's and a lot just of, yeah. Known. A lot of devs just want to fuck with people too. And like, yeah. you're like, Oh, there's a cute little spider at the entrance. Oh, he also happens to be level 100. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, what we ended up with, I think was actually, I have implemented this is that, I'm not listing what the level ranges are, but if you go into a new area that is like four levels higher than you, I think it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can look up the script. You, you basically um, get a vibe check. There's a little, there's a little floating text that floats above your head that says, "Oh, the creature." You get a, you get a, a bad feeling. <laughs> or, <laughs> alternatively, I mean, it's it's a silly one. Maybe the weather could change. The weather could change. Like, I. She gets very the, dark and rainy when you're out of your element. <laughs> Uh, well, it's the thing is the the weather would then have to be instanced to that yeah, character. Yeah, that's true. Eh. What I did just do was I found a scripting uh, library that lets see one of the one of the one of the things about the original game as it was released. So there is weather and there is like rain and wind and all that stuff and snow, um, but it's it's per area mm. and it's just kind of random, mm-hmm. right? So I found, I found a script that somebody wrote that actually synchronizes the weather across all areas because what it was before is like if you went from one outside area to an outside area that's right next to it suddenly the weather would change mm-hmm. right and this ensures that the weather is constant as you go from one area to another so so no but what there is is there's a little floating text fluid of flavor text that's just like Ooh, you you get a weird feeling about this place, yeah. and that's it. That's all it says. And then you, like uh, in Neverwinter, you can actually right click and inspect a creature, and it will sort of give you a general idea of how powerful it is relative to you. Um, but then it's up to you as a player, right? So I you, can take it. Yeah, you get a sense of like, oh, okay, this is might be too tough for me, but mm. I'm going to risk it anyway, right? Instead of a blue slime, it's a red slime. Yeah. So that's that's where my head's been, and let me tell you, that's what my entire weekends yeah, have this, been. This feels like a giant time sink. It absolutely is, but I, uh, it's so it's so rewarding and it's so mm-hmm. fun, and it's just like I woke up in the morning, like last weekend or something, and I grabbed my phone and I just jumped on my server, and I was because I was trying to like play test to see what how like how quickly am I is the XP flow okay? What's the balance like? There's all kinds of stuff. And I was just, I'm leveling, because I have to play with every class. That's the other thing. Mm. Is in D&D, the classes are so drastically different that, like, you can't just balance for one class. You have to make sure all the classes are, are able to, to mm. do their thing. So I have to, like, make a, make a character of every class and level them through every dungeon and, like, you know, figure all that stuff out. So I just grabbed my phone and I, I had a ranger that I was, like, seeing how quickly can I level. And I realized partway through it, I'm just playing a game. I'm just I'm just playing it like it's a game. Yeah. This is I, I own this. It was such a good feeling, and mm. it's like just to have that and to know that I'm like crafting this thing, and 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 I'm you know, there isn't even any story in it yet. There will be, but just knowing all of this this huge kind of pool of potential that's there uh, is it's so unbelievably rewarding that I'm. It, 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 it must have just been exciting for them to even develop it, knowing that this is I what was going to happen. Even wrap my twenty head. years later, people are still using it. This is the thing. It's a twenty. It's the other thing you got to keep in mind. It is a twenty-one-year-old game, mm. so you know, expect the some, unexpected. Yeah, expect, expect to not have the polish of a modern game. Yeah, it ain't but, Witcher Three. Yeah, exactly. But it's still it's pretty good. Like, the combat's still pretty fun, and it's got some annoyances. But you know, 
you you kind of know that going in. Um, what I'm trying to do with the world is just craft an interesting and, f- and and this is the other thing since it's all coming from the Oracle stuff. It's all it's going to be a heavy dose of humor in it as well, right? So it's just I just want to make it funny and goofy and fun and, and yeah. you know it's just it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's let's stop with the Neverwinter talk because that's. That's my whole thing. That's my that's been my entire gaming thing for weeks now. Is yeah. been that so? Let's move on to fresh Nintendo news. Question mark. This is I know nothing about this. So. Well, what what's interesting about Nintendo is that they will just say, "Oh, by the way, we're doing a Nintendo Direct tomorrow." It's <laughs> yeah. like literally twenty four hours notice, and and you never you're you're generally not sure what you're going to get, and it, unless they specifically say we're doing a Nintendo Direct about you know smash brothers or whatever and then they're they're very clear about what's going to happen so this week's was uh, chock full of of fun and uh, instantaneous releases this is the other scary thing about nintendo is they will say hey we did a full remaster of metroid prime here you go it's just it's there it's out it's it's available immediately and it, and everybody just goes what the fuck how did this what how did you do this without telling anybody? It's it's remarkable. So yeah, yeah there's a full remaster of Metroid Prime, which the whole is the Wii trilogy. Game. No, I think it's maybe the it's whole trilogy is coming out. Coming out, yeah. So just the first one is already available on the on the eShop right now. Um, but uh, amongst those titles was, uh, of course, a fresh remake of the second Katamari game. The th- Third, we right. heart Katamari. I think is the third one. Beautiful Katamari was the second one, but sure. I, or maybe that was the one that was just Xbox only. Beautiful Katamari. I think it was. And then we heart Katamari is mm. the uh, the latest one, uh, which brought to my attention that the original Katamari has a remaster and it's out on the Xbox, and mm-hmm. I grabbed that uh, recently because I love Katamari. Oh, it was, Katamari was one of those all timers. I mean, when it came out, uh, we were in the den when yes. it came out. And the video game equivalent of bubble wrap. Oh, it, it was like it, was, it would look like an LSD trip, <laughs> and and it was such a beautiful, fun world. It Rolling very stuff simple. up is still amazing. It really is. Just it's just the the core. It's it's like one of those ASMR videos almost, where you're just you're, the idea is just to knock stuff over and, and wrap it up in a ball and get bigger and bigger. When you walk over one of those uh, school punks, they go bim 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 bim, and then it's and then on top of that, it's got that lovely interface or not the interface the the fact that the story is basically you're the son of the king of the cosmos who got drunk and destroyed the uh, stars yeah. he's making you roll them all and he also up. looks like freddie mercury yes you know it was just it was just the most insane hyper japanese content and the music is amazing oh the music is is just stunning and that was i think the music was what the final the final piece was that locked it in for an all-timer was just the fact that you could just dive into it, immerse yourself in it, and that amazing swing score. Or it was a very a lot of different very, genres, very varied. But oh my god, it was so well produced. It was and really done. It was such a simple but effective core game, and so it was. It was a. It was a delight when they decided to do the remaster. And it's not even that big a remaster. The re- just, it's extremely faithful. Yeah, like you actually have to go to your planet and save. There's no autosave. They, they so, didn't improve the graphics so much. It's just smoother. They, they, they just up, up-resed it. It's like yeah. it's the same yeah. number of polygons. It looks like yeah, because we had that on with PS2. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a PS2, PS2 release, and and it's 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 great to have new new generations discovering. But it's also great joy. that they did not fuck with it. Like. 
like they mm-hmm. left it yeah. exactly like, like the, the the controls are a little clunky still like because yeah. it was like ooh two analog sticks this is neat yeah um but but it was still immediately you, yeah you you got it almost immediately with like using the two sticks to move the the ball it was it was very battle zone. I think I did. Yeah, it's tank yeah. controls. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very much tank controls. I, I did just, like six or seven stars plus three of the special ones, mm. and uh, it's it's it stands up. It's a it's lot of still unlockables, a lot of fun. I, I great swear. pick up and go. You know, you like, didn't have to. You don't have to give it twelve hours at a time. You all just, ages, like you can just yeah. pick it up and uh, and go. So even just uh, what is it? Let's roll. Is that what the remake is called? It's not just called Catamary Damacy. It's like let's roll. Oh, re-roll, re-roll. That's yeah. it. Um, and yeah, now they've now they've got the new one coming as well. They just announced uh, We Heart, yeah. so that's now on my radar with a pin. Yeah, I don't think it's out out, but no, it's coming. And I think that's it's June. And that's June the other thing with the, with the Nintendo Direct stuff is they they only generally announce stuff either that's out now or coming out within the season. There's some mm. weird Breath of the Wild Zelda in between mainline things they announced, like where you you build stuff. I it's like that. it's like Legend of Zelda nuts and bolts, but it's not like <laughs> oh, I thought Benjamin that was, was just a joke because you can build stuff in the game. No, I think it's it's a oh. new thing coming out, in, kind of in between Breath of the Wild and the new one that I don't know the name of. And the the, the big the big thing about Breath of the Wild too that everybody's freaking out over is the fact that they've established that it will be an eighty dollar US game, mm-hmm. which means ninety something Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, so it's you know that's where we are now. It's and it'll be a, the most you'll ever pay for a tiny bit of plastic that tastes sour not even not even well i guess it's smaller but when you know the thing people like us keep reminding kids of is when super nintendo games came out in in the 90s those cartridges were 80 fucking dollars yeah, in those not, and yep. that's like 130 150 dollars today None of it's, this it's insane that we paid unless that much. you went to byway and got them for 10 <laughs> sure but for uh, the, most part, the byway references yeah. but yeah it's it's always a pleasure when nintendo announces a nintendo direct and it's just chock full of it, amazing stuff that's also available it today. completely wasn't on my radar mm-hmm. i just someone pasted a link to the tech the the katamari trailer and i'm like wait what's this what's this where'd it come from and they're like oh the nintendo direct i'm like yeah. then what they it's, did what it's it's also fodder for for youtubers because they get to post react videos yeah so they get to that that's the thing yeah, yeah. no they freak yeah. out is it there was one, it, one of the games at least react tiktoks one of the uh one of the titles that was announced is the, uh, i believe it's pronounced baton kratos which was uh, a gamecube game which was it's a card-based combat anime it's an anime game but um baton kratos sounds like a very different game in yeah, yeah it sounds like a r uh, like a hard r uh, rated uh, god of war yeah. anyway it was um it was harder r yes <laughs> it was a, a niche r. a niche release on the gamecube that was considered to be one of its best games so the fact that they announced a remaster of it uh, seemingly out of nowhere, freaked out the the handful of hardcore fans. So there's videos online of those people losing their minds at the announcement, but they were ready to lose their minds anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's it's always fun when Nintendo just drops a little bombshell. All right, is it time? Yeah, we can do this. The top five. Yeah, Are you we ready? Started. We're just doing the one. We're just doing the one. Okay, this is it. We got. I'm looking. I'm gonna look at the time. Uh, we got. We should. We should right. be good. It's, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this. So the I've, reveal. So you know. So we are. Drum roll. I'm not doing an effect. We are doing our. So um, Andrew, this is Andrew's number five. Number five. 
why does it keep closing? I'm trying, I'm, I want to just refer you to my... can't remember? I want to refer to my document. <laughs> um, oh, did you actually write something about it? Oh, no. I, well, okay. I, I, I was going to. And then, you know, basically, when I finally started doing the list... Uh, I'm up to what a hundred. I would like to amend uh, our, our yeah, thing. I mean, we're still too late for the fifth this one now. But like, let's try if it's if it is still in a playable state. Let's try and play the game before we talk about it a little bit. Like, well, yeah. I mean, so so I've got about sixty games on here right now from my rough list, right, and, and you know, and and after just just our conversation today. Katamari's not on my list because no. I didn't even think about it. So this, this was this was not authorita- as a, nearly as authoritative as I wanted. So here's here's the core thing that I've discovered as I went through this list. I haven't played nearly as, enough games, or I, nearly as many games as I thought I have played. He owns twice as many games as he's played. <laughs> no orders of but magnitude. Surely, okay, never mind. No, but even and I and I went back as I'm sure you guys did too. Mm-hmm. I went yeah. back to the core. And like even the foundational stuff, which I'll get into first, um, as I'm going through the list of, of you know, the, the quick reference for me was like, give me the top games of each of these machines. And I'm, I'm going through them going, oh, yeah, no, never got around to that. Never got around to that. No, no. Jesus, no. Oh, I played. Oh, didn't finish that. No, never did finish that. You don't that. have to finish, didn't finish it. You kind of do. <laughs> no, you don't. I, well, here to... Okay, um, <laughs> that's gatekeeping, and we don't it's, gatekeep. No, but I would think for if I'm going to put it in my top five of all time, I kind of want it to be something that I I've can spend hundreds played. of hours remember, in a game. Remember I remember what beat. the criteria is. It's just that it has to have meant something to you, and it has mm-hmm. changed the way that you think about video games. Well, you know, it doesn't mean you have to finish it. All right, I mean, so long story short, I've decided to to, to, to number five. And this isn't going to be chronological by any means, but the first one I wanted to pick was something from that original youth, you know, the, the first games that I would have played that that had an effect on me. And, and the one that I chose, uh, so I was going through the Commodore 64 stuff, mm-hmm. and what's crazy is how how long a period that really was. I mean, you know, 1983 to almost 89. Yeah, in '88. So the, the yeah. game wow. I've got five just just five games that I listed from Commodore on here. Um, uh, Neuromancer from from '88 is on here, um, if only because of the audio sample in the C64 version of from Devo yep. to start the game. But the game itself is insanely deep. There's so much to it. I mean, you've got the basic adventure game where you're walking around the city. You wake and up you... in Space Spaghetti in Rats' bar. Have you never played it? <laughs> I've never oh, played it. Oh, shit. It's it's a fascinating game. And, I mean, what they did with the limitations is insane. Now, again, this is, like, late-gen final major releases yeah. on the hardware kind of a thing. So, so describe it. Came it, up for it the, uh, is it graphical? Or? It's a, it's yeah. a graphic adventure. Okay. Like, basically, you walk around Chiba City. It's like Maniac city. Mansion. Very okay. much, yeah. That's that's great. So you you wander around the, the city, and you uh, eventually you have was, to get your deck out of hawk. So sorry, you have, this, was, this was exclusive. For no, the, this was on Atari ST, I believe, as well as C sixty four and right. DOS. There was yep. a DOS version as well, okay. which is dog shit. Um, again, DOS, they, DOS releases were in the late eighties. Yeah, exactly. It was just a rush job, and they didn't do yeah, any yeah. real work on it. It, it didn't include the. But Devo you sample. played on the C sixty four. I did. Okay, and and so you would you had to wander around the city and and get your deck out of hawk just to get online, and then you had to take it to the one shop to go online because that was how you had to do it. Yeah, and and course. then you would, could get into cyberspace, and you would you first you would get onto boards 
like just the BBSs basically is what these were. <laughs> so just text interfaces just to get int- the, the information that you needed to eventually get on into the into the, the cyberspace. When, when Case went into Bell Europa to try to find a backdoor <laughs> into uh, yeah. a certain system. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. there's so much to it anyway. And it's it was late in the in the game uh, in terms of the C64. So, you know, by that point, we were trying to move into pc world and also console gaming had taken off by the time yeah. neuromancer came out so anyway that was it was a real kick in the nuts and i don't think i ever finished it because it was it was pretty hard to when you when you got into it when you started having to crack the ice and all that and i don't know if i lost interest and i'm, I'm honestly this is this is a common theme when i'm going through these games i'm like i don't remember how this ended i don't remember mm-hmm. getting to the end of it and it's only a handful of them that were like this uh ghostbusters was another one that i that i put on my list ghostbusters was impenetrable if you didn't have the 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 instruction manual right you and, had no idea how to stop the stay puff marshmallow and, and that comes back to to another title so so yeah without that it was just a matter of because okay so the simple truth is all of us almost everybody that used commodore 64 was playing pirated games yes we had no concept of what was happening no. we were just like why do they sell these in it stores was a different time yep and it was, and what's really insane is when you think about how you got the games i mean like I had a friend on my street who could get games, and he had a friend on his on, that he his cousin or whoever would get them. It was and you would just net. yeah, I mean, you would just copy stuff over from disc to disc. You're like, oh, yep. here's a fun one you want to copy. It was it was it was this weird community, but you didn't really think about it because you were young and stupid. It was like tape ignorant. trading without uh, generational yeah. uh, degradation. And you know, a disc would have a bunch of games on it. Usually, yep. like you'd you'd get the the higher capacity or a whole punch a, a low capacity one and uh, <laughs> flip it over and, and put stuff on the other side. And so we didn't have the manual. So a game like Ghostbusters, you would just kind of, it was cool because again, it was Ghostbusters. <laughs> and he slimed me. Evidently I was reading about it and it was actually, ba- it was supposed to be a racing game, a yeah. driving game. And they used it as, cause it was rushed. It was seriously rushed. Like mm. so many of these other titles. And it was like one person working on it. Yeah. Too. And back then it's all it was. It yeah. was usually one dude working on these things. I keep saying, dude, I apologize for that. But in this case, it was. But I mean, they, you know, just learning how to play the game, like you would drive to this to the to the location where the ghost was. There was a there was an overcity map. You drive to where the ghost appeared and you get out. And all you did was put up your your Ghostbuster beams and try to get it over the trap and then and catch you'd, it. You'd catch it. And, and you know, and there was but there was a game to it. It was there was more than the just city's PK energy was rising. Yeah. And at a certain point, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man would appear. Yeah. And if you didn't buy a thing for your car at the beginning of the game yeah. you were screwed and that was stampede i had forgotten thing. about that yeah. you had to upgrade your car you to buy your, a thing. Your, so there was a real tree to this and it, yep. it's kind of fascinating today like how complex it really was for a game and it wasn't 84. even well named it was ghost bait and you're like yeah. why would i want this and it's what <laughs> you put what, the ghost bait on the ground to get the ghost over it so that you could put the trap underneath it but the boom. the bait they press the b key when the safe of marshmallow man comes on and he goes to where the bait is yeah. instead of and that's exactly stampede. the kind of thing we would know how to yeah, do so no. like we'd get to the safe of marshmallow man and i have no clue how to finish it so it's hard to put that as 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 my number five uh and also in that same mindset uh impossible mission such a good game so impossible mission on the commodore was uh beautiful and once again featured somebody saying destroy him my robot stay a while stay forever (laughs) so just having this the sid chip doing its Mm -hmm. doing its magic was amazing and so that was a huge game because you had this huge map and i believe it would randomly generate it was randomly and so uh, escalators all you would do is basically jump over the the daleks they were basically daleks sure some of the dalek the daleks would move but they would often have a pattern that you had to follow 
and then they would fire uh, an electric shock if you, can, you weren't there. You the could right access time. terminals and freeze them, right? And that's and you you only had a limited number of of codes to be able to freeze them. So you had to ch- pick and choose when it was time to to knock out the robots. You had to do it for and it was a guy who was just going back and forth constantly and like firing off the shocks. Okay, I guess I have to use my freeze now. Boom. So again, because we didn't have the instructions, what I didn't realize is that what you were picking up from the computers and what you were searching for and all like you go, you'd have to search every object in the room basically. And then eventually you'd find pop machines. Yeah. And we were like, I have no friggin' clue what these are. Like you just find the cards and we get to a certain point and we wouldn't know what was happening. They were and puzzle then, pieces. But, and we were just like, we had no clue. So we just, yep. we just played the game, had some fun with it. And then eventually and then just jumped out the wall pit for like five or 10 yeah. minutes going. Ah! And then um, <laughs> I love the fact that you did that simultaneously. Yeah. So and then one day my buddy calls me and he's and he's freaking out. He's like, I figured it out. And he figured out that those were punch cards and that you had to flip them. You could rotate them and flip them and lay them mm-hmm. on top of each other. And so you had to get four of them together to make a single card. And then you had to get four of those cards. And then once you got all the cards assembled, you could enter the final room, which was just basically you and the boss. And that was it. And but it was just this incredible revelation. Like I don't know how he figured it out, or maybe he saw it on a BBS I think the or boss, something. His name was like Alvin Adam Bender or something like that. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> but again, it, just a just a surprisingly robust game. So that that plays into the other side of this is because uh, console gaming in this era was, shall we say, limited. Mm-hmm. Like you were buying both full price cartridges, fifty sixty bucks, you know, in nineteen eighty three dollars to play incredibly basic games mm-hmm. like on common on on the atari uh 2600 and on the ColecoVision. the ColecoVision was my first major uh system mm-hmm. and because it was just heads and shoulders above the atari but oh. it just didn't have the the, the support don't even titles. get me started on this one right oh boy so i thought the coleco was so superior but really the games were were not great you know, they were, they looked, they were, had that more color. Freaking controller. That I, thing. It that was, it was unholy a, it was a monstrosity. But it had a numpad, which changed, gave it a lot That's more the options. monstrosity. That was a crime. <laughs> now, I will mention, uh, I did also pick up the super action controller for it. Which, did you never see that? I, this is the first I'm hearing of the super action. The not super- normal, not not just action. This thing was super. This thing action. was kind of nuts. It looked like a boxing glove. You held it in your hand. <laughs> oh, you've talked about this. It had four buttons on the hand on the on the hand part I love for it each one for each finger. I want one now. And then it had a knob stick on top, like a stick with a knob on it, and it still had the numpad on it. We call those joysticks. <laughs> no, I call touche. <laughs> no. <laughs> It had a knob on it. Though. No, I can't I'm even like, do it. This, it had this the disc on the on the original Coleco controller. So then, on, and it also had a spinner, like a, a, a thing you could you could. So so the game it came with was baseball, super action baseball, uh-huh. and the idea was that you could use you could you could pitch you could throw the ball to whichever position based on the numpad, and then you would run the bases by by flicking the the the, the spinner. Like you, the faster you did like it, work. the faster. It was very difficult, but it was still <laughs> very interactive, which was unprecedented yeah. at the time for it. So not a lot of games used that, uh, but it's they, they look they looked really cool, and I was really happy to have that. Anyway, so there's no ColecoVision games on my list because you know they were fun, but Lord, they were they were basic. Um, Paradroid was another very cool C64 game that I, I didn't run in that one. Here. That was another one that I don't think I ever managed to finish. So the idea was that it was it was on a spaceship, and the spaceship had a bunch of floors on it. And you started out the game as like a server droid, 
and you would you would wander the ship and try to take over better droids than you and it was it was very simple in that your your ship your your droid had a number on it three digit number you started at zero zero one and so you would look for uh, droids in the one hundred two hundred range and then you would you would run into them and then hold the button down and you would engage in a simple logic puzzle so you would you would flip the logic gates and there were there were alternating colors down the middle of the screen and then it was you on one side and the other robot on the other. And then they would, instead of just being, sometimes they'd just be direct lines to the color. All you had to do was do more colors than your opponent. And then certain times there would be splits, and there, so you could like two at once. Uh, sometimes it was almost impossible to really win. Um, anyway, it was uh, it was kind of it was kind of neat. And then when you when you took over better droids, you could shoot the other robots rather than have to take them over. And the idea was that you wanted to take over the nine 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 droid on the ship, and then I guess get to the bridge and and win the game. I never won the game, <laughs> but there was just something satisfying about the simple, like just trying to get to that next, the next robot up and take it mm-hmm. over. And they got, if it got very difficult in the later ones, and if you lost, you got knocked down to your zero zero one again. And so you're, you're down to zero zero one with no power and you're next to the an incredible, a God robot. And it's going to kill you, but you try to run away. It's, it's dark to, souls. It's dark yeah, souls. a little dark soulsy with puzzles instead of uh, dodging it. And attack mechanics. <laughs> so anyway, my fi- my pick, my actual pick for number five. Here we go. Is, Drum roll. Is is uh, is a game called Ford Apocalypse. Is that a car from the eighties? The no. Ford Apocalypse. Fort. <laughs> oh, Fort. Fort Apocalypse. The it's, Ford Apocalypse. It's, it's ringing a bell, but so it was a helicopter game oh, on the C sixty four. Now, what's crazy about this? Wait a minute. Is that it came out it's in there somewhere. after Choplifter. Oh, really? But it was developed before. Oh Choplifter. no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Choplifter. I am it's it's it. it's mechanically very similar to Choplifter, but it's got so much more going on. And the guy who made it, was how so, much more going on can you have than Choplifter? It's a chopper, and you lift it. I mean, the, the, pick, what else do you, you need? You pick up people and you take them back to your base. Uh, but this, they were. This guy was developing this by himself. This, this one, one developer, mm-hmm. and he was pulled off of it to finish a shitty game for the company that had to make a certain launch window. So he worked on that one, and by the time he got back to Fort Apocalypse, uh, Choplifter had already come out, and it was a very similar game. But what he was doing was more complex. So it had more interesting visuals. Like you, you took off your little yellow chopper, and you would, you would. It was a much. It was a huge map. And the thing was that you could go down into the tunnels. So you you would you would drop uh, you'd shoot downwards to knock out the, the the blocks that were blocking the entrance, and you would get in deeper into the into the uh, map. And you were still picking up other other people. You could you could hold a few uh, people to rescue at once, and you would take them back to the base and refuel. There was a lot of mechanics to it, and there was just something endlessly convincing to me uh, in and about that world that that game itself. It's it was the first complex game again because mm. the ColecoVision games were so basic and this one had so much going on and and it had a nice uh action feel to it like it was challenging but not too challenging and it was exacting like you had to the, when you had to knock out the blocks underneath you to get to the lower areas it was it was you could just get enough and then just gently lower yourself down inside it and then keep navigating so did you beat it no i didn't Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't part of your criteria after all. No, it really wasn't. But but it was it was one of the it was probably the first game where I realized the video games had some real depth to them. You know, sure. after you've played a bunch of 
Atari games and Coleco games, all the Pac-Man knockoffs, which were fun. But again, you, how long are you really going to play it for? I mean, I I can only imagine what an adult was doing in, in, in 1981 when Coleco came out. I mean, you look at it and you're like, okay, great. I played, I played the finished level and that's it. You know, you go to the arcade, you drop a couple quarters into a game a day, or you pay $60 to play it at home. I mean, <laughs> no. So... We anyway. were we were stupid. Eh, you know, it was a different world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is also a time when arcades were often for adults only. Yeah, and we've said that before. How you know it drove me insane as a kid when it said eighteen and older, and I just look in the window and just say, "Oh my god, there's so many games, and there's so many adult things in there that I that so I need now." Pinball. I was, yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to find an arcade game from that era that would that definitely kicked my ass. And there were so many of them that were that were really compelling arcades were just this weird like fairyland yeah here's a question (laughs) is a pinball table a video game um certainly a precursor i would say i i i mean obviously they're from the same world and obviously some of the pinball games do have a video game involved in them i couldn't call them okay a video game i think there's like you know in the in the evolutionary family tree yeah there uh, there there's there's a branch yeah you the cro magnum yeah. of video games. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like they're the Australopithecus. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's like we went from here and then we went to two different other species, yeah. but there's it's a common ancestor. Yeah. But I had so I had a lot of games on the Coleco and a lot of games on the on the Atari because they had the add-on for the Coleco that you could play Atari games, which was great because oh, finally I can play all yeah, those I other games. I didn't learn about that until we did the Oracle stream. Yeah. It's no, like wow. what? What? Oh like, yeah. I mean, it was it was brilliant at the time. I mean, it wasn't much cheaper than an actual Atari, but it was just yeah. nice that you could plug it and you could use your your ColecoVision controller instead of the Atari controller. Because I wonder if there's a long really. play of Fort Apocalypse online. Almost definitely. <laughs> Everything I looked at, there was a long play. Somebody mm-hmm. would play it. Uh, in in most cases, there's somebody did a long play of the Coleco version of yep. the Atari ST version mm-hmm. of the. You know, and and it, God bless them. They're doing the Lord's work by playing through the the inferior versions of these games. So you can go, oh, that's right. I, you know, Matt was showing me the game he used to play with uh, with his ex friend. Uh, it was called Ninja Warriors, and it was a multi TV, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. multi cabinet one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a result, because it required a setup with two monitors, nobody bought it. No. Because why would you buy a very expensive arcade machine? It's for like some... the eight player X Men one that had two monitors. X Men, I think, had a little more. There was to it, but... there was a four player, and there was an eight or a six player. Yeah. And the six player one you barely ever saw because it required two tubes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So that so you know, and for an arcade comp- an arcade manager, you're like, I'm not going to spend. Enough for four arcade machines for one arcade machine. That's right. So that's why mm-hmm. those multi-screen ones didn't go very far. But you know, but it's still those are these are fundamental memories that we had. And you know, the, ar- the archival you know requirements of spending that is is pretty steep. Like mm-hmm. you know, the fact that these things are are going away and they are cultural touchstones. Yes, right. Like. So we need some kind of archival process so that they don't just disappear into yeah. the ether. And Let's, it's nice that the Commodore stuff is almost almost every Commodore game ever made is available yeah. on like archive.org mm-hmm. or, you know and none of those because almost none of those companies exist anymore in that in that but form. But the multi arcade machine emulator project MAME and um uh like you said earlier, Mister, yeah. where people are actually yeah. decapping chips and reading the logic out of them to make Verilog replacements yeah. in hardware on a on an fpu yeah 
uh, or sorry, a, a field programmable uh, logic chip. Um, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean the, the early emulation where it was in it, you know, and it, it did the work. I mean, you were yeah. definitely playing the game, but you know, in many cases, it wasn't a true representation. Or of it, yeah. but, you were yeah. dumping weird versions of the arcade yeah. board that was never really popular yeah. or debug. I versions. mean, it's an overwhelming amount of content. I remember when I was into Mame Hardcore, you know, fifteen years ago, and downloading DVDs worth of archives, and there were. I think at one point there were 35,000 different, uh, like, not just games, but, like, the, when you include all of the variations of those games. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I'm sure now it's, like, 150,000. Even now there's still sets. Like, Mame yeah. 2003 has a set, and um, Final Burn Alpha yeah. 2010 has a set. Like, there's yeah. if you're going to use a certain emulator, you've got to make sure you have a certain set of ROMs. Yeah. Otherwise... They don't work. Yeah. And for Commodore, I mean, uh, I was just watching last week uh, Retro Recipes. Uh, his goal was to try to build a new Commodore, like the first oh, right. all yeah. new Commodore of, of the new. Of People have repro boards. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he And he pretty much got there. I mean, there was only one piece that he didn't have, but that was already in development or he just couldn't get an early version of it. But I mean, all every single chip had been replaced. Every like it was a brand new board, all new chips, all new keys, and everything. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I got a full C sixty four in my office at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have you got any of that hardware? What you, those, like the, the oh no, none, none of the like none that? of the repro stuff. But yeah. I've, I've, if everything actually in it is well, I've got a um, a multi BIOS in it. Yeah. Uh, so I can boot up into standard C sixty four. I can boot up into Dolphin mm-hmm. DOS. I can boot up into Jiffy DOS, and there was another one. And it, it's just makes access to the uh, fifteen forty one disk drive faster because yeah. there were a lot of VIC twenty routines that kept it slow. And then you've got uh, you can put dual SID chips in them. Yep. And only only, only specific only music programmers use it. Mm. But there's some there. games that, that, that have been, uh, that, that have been uh, oh, made, re- made recently. I was going to say, yeah, if you made a new one, sure. But you know, there's, there's a lot of passion in that world and it's great. Yeah. And I, I have found that a taste is all I really need for a lot of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. once you play it, you're like, Oh my God, this is great. I can't get there's, into there's this. There's nothing like a Sid chip though. For, oh yeah. For music. Oh yeah. It's, it's a so totally good. different thing. Well, this is why like the, the, the recent, um, 50th anniversary of Atari, that, that package that came out mm-hmm. on all the platforms, I think. Yeah. Um, I have it on Xbox, but boy, is that thing ever good. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the, the fact that they actually got the people who made this stuff and mm. interviewed them, like the, how that package is, is put together as like this sort of museum tour. We're right? we're at the point where that's not trivial either. We're losing a lot yeah, of these people well, who the made. Like you got you got to make this stuff now, otherwise it's not going to be around, right? And it's Nolan so, Nolan Bushnell is not around, right? I don't know. Not sure. I think he's still around. I think he is, but there but, was but, there was. But some, a lot of these guys are in their seventies now. Yeah, that, you know. that's it. Yeah, it's. I mean, just watching the interviews with these guys talking about those days, right? Yeah. Like that is so unbelievably valuable. That, yeah. that you know, and that's going away. So, yeah. and it's it's just amazing to me that there's you know I thought oh there it is like when Nesticle came out and you could you could play all your NES games ever about oh my god this is great this is perfect it wasn't perfect nope and and that's that was like I was talking about when I was talking about getting the Steam Deck it was just like if you scale it like this then it doesn't look right mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god you're right it now looks terrible I can't even look <laughs> but, at it anymore. but there are integer scaling options that will force sure. it to the right it's, aspect ratio and, and sometimes right pixel it's density and sometimes it's not but it's it, this is this is where we are now it's finessing it out yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it's 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 logarithmic we got ninety percent of the way there very very quickly and it's getting that last ten percent that's that turns out to be brutal but anyway I I felt it was a good decision 
start with my f- top five is going with the fundamental because again these games didn't have real depth. Oh there no, was, of course there was. It was. Re- I kept going back that, to them. But that's kind of the point of the top five yeah. list. Is like these are the games that oh something happened here that you hadn't experienced in other games. Right. Right. Yeah. And these these are the early moments where I realized just oh, hang wait on. until my top five yeah. for depth. <laughs> Boy, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm re- I've, I've realized, Street Fighter. spoiler alert, I've realized that most of my top five are fairly recent titles. All right. You know, yeah. they, I had some fundamental that's, that's, stuff, but... That's valid. Like, yeah. there's nothing invalid. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just... So, I'm, I'm, I was surprised going through the list yeah. how much... Uh, I was like, yeah, this was great. Oh, this was a big one. And then I realized, oh, fuck, yeah. No, that was a... That was so just spelling it out officially, your, your top five, your number five video game is the 1978 Ford Apocalypse. Uh, it's 82. Hang on. No, it was a car. Oh, the joke. car. I get it. Oh, I see what the you're The 1978 there. Ford Apocalypse. <laughs> the 19, is the gas crisis. 19, Ford, visit Ford Apocalypse in 1982. Boys. Sin, Window Synapse. 8-Track Hi-Fi. Synapse uh, Studios made that. Optional gas guzzler mode. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, even, right. even just development back then. I mean, on a C64, it was a team of one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Most of them were. Yeah, yeah a lot it. of times. It's incredible what they were able to do by themselves in a dark room, yeah. you know, and they made these fundamental, drugs, amazing games. So many drugs. Yeah. Oh, you talk about drugs. Just watch that Atari documentary. So anyway, speaking of drugs, we're all, we're done. We're over. I don't know what the segue is there. I've got nothing. Speaking of drugs and then just <laughs> insert drug noises. <laughs> I don't even know what drug noises are. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Um, our numbers are pretty healthy, and I'm so happy. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank we you. are going to be doing it again in another two weeks. We'll figure out when exactly. The mugs will be flying through the air as we speak. Um, everybody will get notified when they go out. I'll include like shipping information and tracking information, all that stuff. Kevin, can people purchase these mugs if they wish to support they the channel? They cannot currently. Oh. Um, that They're very limited. Okay. In that, once I ship these out, I think I may have one extra. Oh, I know what we never covered. <laughs> we'll save this for the last, because if you've listened this far, good on you. Um, why was episode two called Belgium? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, because for some reason, the podcast broadcasting software uh, lists all the, the countries that people download from. And it has Belgium with zero, and it just refuses to not show us that no one in Belgium yeah. listens. So we, we, we publish on Libsyn, and Libsyn gives us stats, and those stats are broken down, if you want, by country and region and subregion and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but if a country hasn't downloaded the podcast, it just doesn't show up. Like, like recently, New Zealand showed up New because Zealand somebody up. in New Zealand we downloaded it. We got Mexico. It. Yep. Right? Like, it's... You know, the, I don't know anybody in Mexico. I don't know about y'all, but, nope. you know. Um, but for some reason, Belgium is on the list as zero. zero. Very <laughs> so, weird. I mean, I know why, because I'm a web developer, and it's like something isn't zero indexed. So it's showing something that it shouldn't show. It's yeah, going yeah, yeah. one farther than it should do. Um, but that, that's why it's actually showing up. Or maybe that person is on dial-up, and they're still trying to finish. <laughs> yeah, <they're> still, getting, <laughs> still getting episode one. Yeah. So here's my promise, Belgium. If you're listening, which you're probably not, but the first, whenever we get a listener in Belgium. The first confirmed Belgian. You send an email. I don't, whatever. Send an, if you're in Belgium, send an email 
to podcast at operationpuppet.com and I will send you a mug. You are an automatic winner. If you're in Belgium and you listen to our podcast, you will get a mug. The race is on. <laughs> so there we are. The first person in Belgium who wants a mug gets one. So that's where we're going to end it. Thank you. Episode three is in the can. We are going to go away now. Jamie, hit it. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links. Tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>